We are back on the Dirty Ugly yeah. Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> you did that too last time. Uh, uh, That's all right. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are back live in the mansion. Big Ugly, you've got a mansion of your own now? Yeah, man. You moved into a mansion? That's dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, man. Treat me well, man. I, see, yeah. that's good. See, we, we pay back all dividends. All the sponsors. All the sponsors that we put over and never get paid. Um, but that's okay. You you moved into the mansion, you and your lady. We are very proud of you, very happy. We can't wait to broadcast the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast from your mansion. Does it have at least 27 rooms? Uh, about 30, man. 30? Yes, yeah, 2.0. Next level. The mansion 2.0? Yeah. You got more rooms than me. Yes, sir. Are they all clean? Because you know... Uh, TJ Sykes will uh, come around and he'll make sure that your house is clean. Yeah, we or keep, he'll tell you that we, it's not. We, we keep it clean, man. Okay. We keep it clean in there. Good. I want to throw out a, a shout-out, by the way, because I mentioned his name. He is uh, the new, not recently, but within the past month or so, uh, new BCW heavyweight champion, Baltimore Championship Wrestling, defe- defeating the Pope, D'Angelo De Niro. Um, so that was pretty cool. Congratulations oh, to TJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to the former. Uh, he's been on the podcast before, and he'll probably be on again. So congratulations, TJ. Hey, what was that event? I missed miss it. Baltimania? Yeah. Yeah. That- uh, about a month ago, I'd say. You know, probably Damn, in August. All right. all right. Yeah. But that's okay, because <laughs> it, uh, it was pretty good. But, uh, you know, speaking of pretty good, burger cookies are pretty good. Damn right. B-E-R-G-E-R. I'm actually eating one as we're talking here on the podcast. So if you hear me start, that's why. Um, And burger cookies are so good because we have one of the mainstays in that company. He actually shares the name with the company. It's his family's company. He's been on the podcast before. He's back in the mansion. Corey Berger, welcome back. Oh, how you doing? Uh, we're, We're doing pretty good here in the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, you got the glass coat bottle with you, and it's good to be back. It is um, good to have. you I actually, because I've been listening, I thought we were going to be doing this from, uh, from, from, from your house, man. Oh, oh yeah, from my mansion. The big yeah, we're going, we're going. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to broadcast from there. Yeah, you know, we're still waiting on that furniture to come in, Versace and all of that. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, Versace it takes, on the floor. <laughs> it takes a while to get that custom furniture. Right, built. exactly. Yeah, but you got to do it right in the Mansion 2.0. It is, uh, it is dirty and it's ugly, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, welcome back, Corey. What you've been doing with yourself? We know you have uh, taken your leave from EWA Pro Wrestling, but you've uh, spouted off and doing some other things, haven't you? Yeah, well, you know, you got to stay busy. Yeah. And working in the cookie business, and you know, I believe you're a part of, and we can put them over because it's indie wrestling showcase over here. It's uh, MCW Pro Wrestling. You've been uh, kind of hanging with them, haven't you? Yeah, I've been doing my thing. Yeah, uh, gonna have cookies for sale at the upcoming Legends event on September the 30th, where Goldberg's gonna be there, right? Yes. Among yeah. several others, Goldberg, uh, Christian, yeah, both Steiner brothers. Hey, uh, now that's, what, that's, that's what's up. up. Yeah, and I mean. You guys know you can't have a wrestling convention without Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> Virgil's going to be there. Huge. I believe his line is going to be longer than anybody else's because his line's going to be right next to the bathroom. Anyway, that is not what I said. He was the million-dollar champion, and he's been in a WWE, and I have not. So I cannot say one yeah, word yeah, about this cool man. He's a guy, too. Yeah. yeah. I got to talk to him for about 20 minutes when I was waiting in line for another uh, autograph at another convention. It was a WrestleCon, and his table was right there. And he brought it up to me to talk to me a lot about the Million Dollar Man, about the Million Dollar Belt, 
about his book. Uh, so, yeah. Virgil. So, uh, that's going to be on September 30th in Joppa, Maryland, right? Ah, uh, yes, sir. MCW Pro it's, Wrestling. It's an all-day event. All um, day. And I know I, I listed quite a few uh, legends that will be there. Yeah. But there's more. There's more. Yeah, there's there's going to be so many people that yeah. are going to be there signing autographs and taking pictures. That's exciting. Plus, you'll be able to buy burger cookies. <laughs> B-E-R-G-E-R. And I've seen burger cookies. I think I might mention this to you when I was in... Uh, I think it was Cecil County or somewhere. I went into a Highs uh, dairy store and there was burger cookies right I there. You said it was like was, uh, what was it, Northeast or it was it's Moncton somewhere or Rising yeah, Sun. Or Rising Sun. That's what it was. Rising Sun. Yeah, I was very proud of one out there for some theatrical productions. And uh, funny thing about that is, like Highs is actually the first store that started selling our cookies. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, because you know. For years, it was all the open air markets. Like, okay, like you have Lexington Market. Yeah, mm, yeah. Like that was how you people bought groceries and mm-hmm. stuff for years. Uh, and when things started to switch over, Highs was the the first store that picked up our deliveries. How about nice. that? Yeah. So how long have you guys been around? Almost two hundred years. Two hundred years. Yeah, I mean, I'm me personally not that old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. It's. I want whatever's in those burger cookies. I want whatever you got if you're 200 years old. Um, but no, the company's been around for 200 years. That's impressive. All still local in, in the Baltimore, Maryland area for the burger cookies? Yes, sir. That's exciting. That's what's up. And they're so good. I'm so... Yeah. Uh, I, but we will ship anywhere. That's great. Anywhere. You just hop on in, on the website there. What is the website, Corey? It's burgercookies.com. <laughs> B-E-R-G-E-R cookies.com. Please do it because... They're fantastic. Yeah, don't miss out. Yeah, don't miss out. Uh, later on in this podcast, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of what we're doing today. Later on in this podcast, uh, I sat down and had an interview with indie wrestling superstar from Pennsylvania and all over, Sizzling Stan Styles. Um, he is in great shape, uh, and he is the whipped cream sex machine. Uh, apparently, that is one of his monikers. Uh, you know, there's a lot of shake weights going on. We're going to talk about that in the interview. There's a lot of whipped cream going on, and he's got, uh, he lives the gimmick. Let's put it that what? way. He Man, lives, I got to listen to this. <laughs> he lives the gimmick. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have an interview, and we're going to talk about, you know, there's SWO Pro Wrestling, WWWA, lots of going down in Pennsylvania and other states, including Maryland, lots going down in this state as well. But that interview is going to be later on. We're going to talk about, in long form, as we have promised, the Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor boxing match. Can I call it a boxing match, Corey? Oh, I mean, it was there was a lot of boxing elements <laughs> to the match, but it was uh, it went on a lot longer than I expected it to. I, I think longer than anyone expected it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I agree with that. And I, I got to admit, I was entertained through the whole thing. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's, like, it's entertaining. Yeah. From the, uh, the 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 teaser of McGregor doing so well at the beginning, to <laughs> right up to the dusty finish. <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. We're gonna get into it in long form. We're gonna talk about that today. That that was exciting. Plus, we're gonna touch upon the May Young Classic that happened in the WWE, a tournament all full of women, which is now concluded, and there has been a winner. And, you know, oh, they're been... they're not just they're not just. Uh, women, man, it, those are the best women in the world. There you go. That was that was amazing wrestling. 
That's good. And, and we've, we've seen that uh, from time and time again, maybe with the European tournament and the, uh, the cruiserweight tournament and things like that. So uh, Big Ugly, uh, you know, we have talked about a lot of things on this podcast. I know you're very much into MMA. You know, you've been a fight fan for a while. We're going to be talking about that. So um, what is most exciting about you on this podcast? What are you looking most forward to? Uh, definitely, well, I've been waiting to break down this Floyd and Conor fight because, as you said, you know, I am an MMA fan. Yeah. And I used to be a big boxing fan, but, of course, you know, no one really cares too much about boxing as much these days. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, this is going to be good. I'm looking forward to talking about this, see how Corey felt about the fight and getting your thoughts on it. Yeah. Let's do it, and man. We've talked about it. We, we, we made the spoiler, you know. We know who won. Floyd Mayweather is still undefeated and 15-0, but we're going to talk about that. Um, and we're also going to break down, and I might as well do this right now, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, No Mercy WWE, uh, the full Raw uh, version of the pay-per-view, that's uh, probably happened just recently when we put this out, um, and we're going to break it down in long form, probably on our next podcast, but uh, the preview for that for the people who might be watching the network. Hey, man, I've been, put them over. I've been feeling the Cena and Reigns feud. Yeah. I'm liking it. Well, they're putting on some great promos. Yeah, uh, they're I'm, putting on some... They converted you, then? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, because, I, I remember, yeah. I remember, I listened yeah. to the last podcast, and you, you, weren't, yeah. you weren't sure where this was going. I know, man, but I've been, I've been, I went back and I watched uh, those promos... And that's that's what's been getting me. The promos have been hooking me. That I'm I'm actually intrigued. Oh, I'm man. not I'm not trying to say that they should. I don't know how long this can continue. That's seen a strong point, man. He'll sell you yeah. on a match anytime yeah. you watch mm-hmm. the promos. Yeah. So that's that's what's doing it for me. And it's it's pretty exciting to see how they're going to back it up in the ring because they both can actually work pretty well in the ring. But can they work well in the ring together? This is what we're going to find out. Um, and we're going to break it down, of course, on the next podcast. You excited about this John Cena Roman Reigns, Corey? Uh, nah, not really, because I have not been watching the program. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it on the WWE it's, Network. Like, and it's not that, you know, either one of them is a bad worker. It's just that they, their strong points are so opposite from each other. Yeah. Like, John Cena's really good with promos, and Roman Reigns, not so much. Right. But, you know, uh, Reigns works good in the ring. Mm-hmm. I just, I think... The fans feel like he's being shoved down their throats, and they don't really, you know, I guess they're sick of it or whatever. Yeah, and they have been for a while. And these are two polarizing people that have not been the best adored WWE superstars over time. Especially, uh, you also got Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins teaming up. Yeah, the tag team champions. So I think Mm -hmm. that's just going to add on to Roman's heat. Like, why aren't you back with your boys when... You know, because that's that's what everybody wants. They wants to they want to see the shield back together. I would like that. I want to see that. They did, they, I think they did an excellent job of killing that before it got stale. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why so many people want it. Yeah. want to see right. it back. Every time we get a teaser of it, it's like we love it. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. So, yeah. It was it was that it was that Survivor Series when when they did the uh, little the three the the power power the table. Yeah. 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 No, that was good, and I, I would love to see that, but. Considering where Ambrose and Rollins are on the card right now, they're kind of in, in the middle of the card facing Cesaro and Sheamus for the tag belts. Even though they're decent matches, they're not really on the same plane right now as Roman Reigns or John Cena. So one could elevate the other. You could you could make that argument. Yeah. Or Roman Reigns could go down you know, a couple of pegs and you know fight his way back up. You never know. I would love to see the Shield again. I, I would like it. 
And it sounds like you would uh, you would enjoy the Shield, Corey. Little reunion. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, they 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 disbanded that before it got stale. So. They did. They I don't mean, usually do that. Usually, ride it till it yeah. breaks and further. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh well, the merchandise isn't selling anymore, so. It's... <laughs> I think New Day might be going that way. Really? I think they're. I, I don't think that they're completely stale yet, but I feel like they're going to ride them until they're completely stale. They've won the tag titles I, again. They're yeah, definitely not they, at the peak. And they, but they, they do. They're so good at coming up with new material. That is true. Yeah. Pretty original. Like every time they start to get stale. They they pop up the, in a new gimmick, right? You know, new, th- new catchphrases and and they're doing something the Wyatt family couldn't do with that. Like I feel like the Wyatt family couldn't come up with Mm-mm. new material. They just kind of you know was just the they same. They were right. doing the same thing exactly. over and over again. Yeah. yeah, but even though it would be nice now because that would give Bray Wyatt a little something more to do, a family to run. You know, we'll I see. Think the Wyatt family was great, but there was the only substance was. Was Bray? Right. Yeah, right. like none of the other guys had any anything to them. And was, right. and I think you're onto something. If you give him another family, put some people with him that's got more personality, mm-hmm. where he doesn't have to be the one talking in his little riddles all the time. You know, <laughs> let somebody else do something. Yeah, it was like it wasn't a strong stable. It's like it was the flock. Right. Like True. Raven's flock. It's yeah. like well, here's a bunch of people behind him to make him look stronger. Like it. Yeah. What about these people? Right. I mean, I knew who they were because I watched, you know, ECW. So I knew. Yeah. Watched all those guys come up, but good old ECW. Like to their casual fans, those were just random guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't have any real story behind them, real intro, nothing. It was just there. Um, And we do have Bray Wyatt taking on Finn Balor once again. That's at No Mercy. It's man versus man this time. No demon. So at least they say there's no demon. So man versus man, I I wasn't. Shouldn't this have come first? I I feel like it should have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I guess yeah. it was SummerSlam, so they needed a big uh, a big push. So they announced a week before SummerSlam that he was going to be the demon. Well, plus uh, the I think the the SummerSlam entrance was way better than the the demon entrance would be at No Mercy. This this is true. There was you know there's more lights, more stage, yeah, yeah just more bigger ramp. production. It's, yeah. yeah, true, true. Um. I want to throw back to something. Uh, we were just talking about the New Day. Jam and Jason sends his regards, by the way. He's going to be on our next podcast. Jam and Jay. Yeah, Jam and Jason. And he, Jam and Jason is of the opinion that at Hell in a Cell, we're going to see the first ever tag team championship Hell in the Cell match. Uh, he believes that the Usos versus the New Day feud has gotten so hot and has been so good that they will give them the platform of Hell in a Cell to perform. What do you guys think about that? Tag team Hell in a Cell match. You said this will be a first? It would be the first, uh, well, there was DX versus the McMahons or something, but it wasn't for the titles. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's going to be the first tag team Hell in a Cell. It, I, might, it might be, though. I, maybe the first tag team title Hell in a Cell that I can remember. remember. When, they, when they introduced that gimmick, they, they used it so much. <laughs> they did. They, like, they, they initially, what was it, like the first three matches, I think, were, were Undertaker matches. And right. It was like, wow. Let's put everybody in it. <laughs> they had a six-way Hell in a Cell. I remember that. Who knew making the cage bigger and putting a roof on it was going to sell so many more tickets. And changing the name from a cage to and a cell. Also, I want to say, I miss the old iron bar. Yes. Like, that is just... The iron bar steel cage. Do you remember that big ugly? Yeah, it was like the blue one, right? Blue or sometimes yeah. it was black. It was blue, and when they brought it back uh, for a little bit in the 90s, it was black. But it was like you, you never saw guys struggle to climb that one. Yeah. No. 
And you always heard it, too. When somebody got thrown into it, you heard those iron bars rattling, and it was just, it made so much more of a feel of a cage match. It was great. Yeah. And plus the camera angles, you can shoot the camera right through the iron bars, and it, like, as it was boxes, it wasn't mesh. Yeah, and they, they just cut holes in the fence. Yeah, they do insane. cut holes. And they even cut holes in the fence for people to climb it now, too. Yeah. So it's, it's like, that's not a cage, that's a fence with a hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I, Corey, that is a great point. And if the WWE is listening to this by any means, bring back that iron bar cage. Of course they listen. Come on. It's the Dirty Ugly I, Wrestling Triple Podcast. Triple H has probably got downloaded <laughs> every episode. Yeah. I mean, come on. We're not right. We're not wrong. Oh, we're just fans. That, yeah, you see that parade. That's Corey. That's what I'm talking about. Um, no mercy to, to cap this off. We also have Brock Lesnar defending the Universal Championship against Braun Strowman. I'm also a fan of this for you, too. I like Raw right now more than SmackDown. I agree. Um, there's a lot more big story stu- substance on Raw right now, um, <laughs> including The Miz, who is now, uh, him and his wife are now pregnant with the first Little Miz, or whatever you want to call him. Uh, oh, is, little, that, is that legit? That's, that's yeah, a I shoot. think it's legit. Yeah. yeah. Wow, cool. It was, they found out, and then they actually brought it into the story. Well, so, congratulations for them. Damn right. They're going to have a kid. You know, you have a few of those, Corey. Kids. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're expensive pets, aren't they? Uh, yeah, but I, I think The Miz is all right financially. This <laughs> <laughs> is true. Yeah, they probably got, and they got Maurice's uh, Total Divas money, too. So, you know. Which is, by the way, Total Bellas is back on, and Total Divas is coming back on in November. But and that's a different that, story. That new together. people to Total Divas, right? I saw, yeah. like, Carmella. Carmella. On there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, that gets them so many fans. Why wouldn't they do it? It's like I think it brings in more new viewers than Raw or SmackDown. It, yeah. yeah, you're probably right. It's on the E-Network. And especially it's... hitting with the female audience, mm-hmm. you know, that watch the E-Network. And then it's like, oh, I want to tune in and actually see, you know, what they're doing. Right. Because so. it's very few and far between that they actually show the wrestling on Total Divas or Total Bellas. They show right. a couple shots show, yeah. here. But it's all about them. So, yeah, you want to tune into the shows Well, and what they're doing. It's gimmicked that, like, you know, the, the stories that they... You know the drama that goes on on Total Divas. They they have a lot of so much of it play out in mm-hmm. wrestling. That, yeah. You know you get hooked on the Total Divas, then you you realize that you're missing parts of the story. So mm-hmm. you, you're gonna start to tune in or right right. We yeah. get those YouTube uh, views up because yeah, yeah, that's that's the way the world is. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. There's a goes a burger cookie. I'm telling you, it's still in my mouth. That's good. Um. What about some No Mercy? What else? Uh, let's see. Neville defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Enzo Amore. T- keeping 205 alive, as Jam and Jason would say. <laughs> keeping 205 alive! <laughs> um, yeah. Moving on. Uh, well, let, go what, ahead. What's going on uh, with Neville? They, they still evolved, evolved his character any year. Still a heel. He's uh, still, still a, a king, right? He's right, still the so king of the cruiserweights. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, because he's got an accent, so obviously <laughs> yeah. he's got to be... Yeah. And we talked about that, like we how Vince did. has an obsession with, like, royalty and Brits. Like He does. Gosh. Yeah, like, I mean, if if you want to make a guy king, bring back the king of the ring like they did with, um... Oh, who was it? Was it Regal they put... Yeah, I think he was... was it and then Barrett, other, too. Or was it... King Barry. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. like and the, it was the Brits. Like you said, it was the overseas. Yeah, he's putting them on him. Yeah. That's what, well, that's what the United Kingdom Championship could have been. The King of the Ring. 
and then you know make the king. I mean, I, we were just talking about that too about the Macho King and then King Duggan and King Haku. There was all these kings, King Harley races. Now there's no king, but there's the king of the cruiserweights. There's the, there was the king of hearts too. That's right, Owen Hart. Damn right, he won that right here in Baltimore, Maryland. I and was there. I was there too. That, yeah. was, that was my first live wrestling show. That was fun. Apparently, it was the worst uh, commentary in the history of uh, WWE because they had uh, what is his name, Art Donovan, uh, one of the uh, in, uh, Baltimore Colt football legends on commentary. And apparently, that, it was terrible. Is that who that was? Yeah, he was awful. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was sick. And he's probably he was probably a great football commentator, yeah. but he didn't know anything about wrestling. How much this guy weigh? You know, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Monsoon trying to carry him through that, and it was terrible. I like why, man, of all the shows not to have a three-man commentating team. He's <laughs> <laughs> done better without him. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, King of the Ring. That's pretty good. Uh, Alexa Bliss defending the Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks, Bailey, Nia Jax, and Emma, who is now back in the story. Emma, um... Yeah, she started the women's revolution. She'll tell you herself. So uh, I don't know. This this is a perfect opportunity. Bailey just came back off a shoulder injury. She should turn heel right now because Bailey is extremely irrelevant. Even though I still like Bailey, um, nothing. I mean, we were hoping for Sasha to turn heel, but she's more why, of a face character with all the merchandise that she's saying. Why is Bailey still playing the same character? That's exactly my point. Why? Like didn't didn't they put the strap on her? They did. Uh, <laughs> so you can't on. really keep playing an underdog character, right? After you win a belt, exactly. It's not. It doesn't really work. That's exactly right. What do you think, Big Ugly? You have any uh, interest in that match whatsoever? Uh, not really. <laughs> um, Bailey is stale. Um, but St- I, I, I agree with Corey. Like, I don't understand why they continue to keep her with the same character. I think that they're just hoping it'll get over again, like it did in NXT. But, yeah, she's going to have to figure out something. I see it worked on NXT because the crowd was smaller. Yeah. like a re- rela- It was relatable. Yeah, and you can you can use relatable characters when, you know, you get what, 500 people. Or something like that, yeah. But, you know, you get up to, I don't even know how many people fill those arenas now. Maybe 10,000. They make them huge now, but on average, average, she, can't, more. she can't relate to all those people. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not... It's not possible, so... It's harder. And, I mean, Sasha, her, her character is a lot more... I guess, I guess there's a lot more oomph to her character. There's a lot more that she can put on a stage with 10,000 people or even 70,000 people at WrestleMania. Bailey, she looked like she was swallowed up at WrestleMania. Like, she came out and she had her little, you know, Bailey buddies or whatever they were out there. But, you know, she... Did she? I thought they, they had issues with those. They had issues with a couple of them, yeah, but they ended up coming up. Uh, she fell over one of them. She tripped over it when she was coming down the ramp. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It just seems Sasha just seems like she's a more mar- marketable character up on that big roster. Uh, even uh, Nia Jax, you know, they're making a story out of her. You know, the big badass woman. You know what I mean? Emma has more of a character than Bailey does right now, and Emma ain't got. Sh- sorry. Yeah. Emma ain't got nothing. nothing yeah. <laughs> so I had it. I gotta admit, I didn't remember who Emma was. <laughs> so, like, Did you just Google her. I pulled up her Wikipedia. Uh huh. And so, she did a gimmick with uh, Santino. Yeah, that was her original gimmick That's when she right. first came to the main roster. It was like her and Santino. That's right. Because I definitely like a, remember that. Uh, yeah. Santino, man, that's a blast from the Yeah, past. he like had a crush on her, but and she was like all goofy and stuff back then. <laughs> yeah. She trained at the Storm Academy. 
Yeah. That's, I love, that's impressive. I love Landstorm. Everybody came through there. Uh, the Miz defending the Intercontinental Championship against Jason Jordan, Kurt Angle's son. Um, <laughs> they've, yeah. been, they've, they've, they've been trying with Jason Jordan. Mm-hmm. Like he, had a, he, had a, he had a match with Roman Reigns, which was pretty good. It was. Good. I like the way I like the story that they told there. You know what I'm saying? But I, I still he match with John Cena too. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, because yeah. that was how kind of Cena and Reigns yeah. kind of talked about. Well, you know, putting up putting a rookie over. You know, working in an enhancement talent, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's not bad. The thing Jordan can have great matches. I yes, think everybody can. knows that. I just don't think him yeah, as a character. Question. Yeah. Um. You know. I mean. I don't know. There's not a he, lot of character in him. They, he, it doesn't seem like they gave him a lot to work with. Either that, or he just has zero charisma. <laughs> or it could even be it could even be both. But like right now, it's just they're not giving him a lot to work with. Right. Originally, there was he was in a tag team. It was a great tag team. But mm-hmm. you know now you're talking about two guys are both trying to get over their characters and how the characters mesh together. So initially, you're already giving him less time than. Than your standard solos guys get to to establish character, and now mm-hmm. now he's Kurt Angle's son, and that's like that, that, that's crushing his character depth when you're putting him with somebody as over as Kurt Angle. Right? Like, yeah. Right. It's like there's there's no nowhere to go for him <laughs> to do anything because yeah. you know like Kurt Angle just draws so much of the attention on right. the screen that you know he's not. It's I don't know. I mean, I I like watching him wrestle. He's really good. I just, I'd, I'd like to see a little more than just the wrestling, you know? I want to see right. some character from him. And hopefully we will. I mean, Kurt Angle kind of went overboard with his gimmick and character, which got him over, and then he kind of snapped. So maybe Jason Jordan will end up snapping. Yeah. Maybe he'll snap on Kurt Angle. Perhaps, but the thing is that Angle had mm-hmm. charisma yeah. from the start. No matter what, what he did, right. he did have charisma. It's like, so, I mean, you know, Jason Jordan can try and go down the same path as Kurt Angle, but, I mean, if he can't execute it, you know, no one's gonna, no one's gonna care. I, I think we said it before. Angle, I think Angle needs to get more involved in yeah. the Jordan storyline. If if the if this is the route they're gonna go, like he has to play a bigger role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, dude, you missed your kid, like half your kid's life, man. Get in there. Be a right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's never yeah. too late. <laughs> Parenting 101, ladies and gentlemen. It is never too late. Corey Berger, B-E-R-G-E-R. But yeah, I'm um, with you. Like, you know, have them do stuff. Don't just the com- don't just have the commentators bring up that it's that is that's all right, they're doing. Yeah, like, yeah they have yeah. very few backstage segments or even ring segments that are talking about this at all. Even though it was for several weeks leading up to the reveal of what Kurt Angle's big secret was, actually several months. It was a huge reveal and this huge storyline, and then it just was like, oh, Jason Jordan's also, the son, and it's like, uh, and it's just like, go also, out there, kid. They're they're trying to act like that's a big deal, but then, uh, who who comes out with the Miz? What do we got? Uh, Bo uh, Dallas and Bo Dallas? Curtis yeah, Axel. Right. So what? Really, guys? So it's a big deal that that Jason Jordan's dad is Kurt Angle, but we're gonna we're just gonna sleep on you know Mister Perfect and. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike uh, Rotundo. Mike Rotundo. Damn right. Like, IRS. Yeah, and I mean, uh, with Bo Dallas, like, it's not even just his dad. Like, me, uncles, and all Whole kinds family. of people were. Yeah, the Rotundo he, family. Yeah, it was a lot of, that's a big wrestling family. but So it was the Hennigs, too, you know, um, with Mr. Perfect and all that. You know, his dad, Larry the Axe, and that was a big family, too. But, yeah, they're really just kind of overshadowing. When all, the Miz brings it up sometimes, but it's it doesn't really get over. It's not part of the story. 
Uh, so no, and they, I mean, both those guys have both kind of struggled to get over. Yeah, you mean so, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas? Yeah. So yeah. I, I've always been a huge fan. I was always not, a huge fan of Bo Dallas. But. Me too. I, I'll always believe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, man. I was, I was, I was a believer, believer from the beginning. I Thank agree. You. Right, right I was you completely sold on yeah. that one. They, I just feel like they didn't let it run long enough. Like, I feel like they gave up. My favorite fast. part about that was is that uh, him and, and was uh, Bray Wyatt's his brother. Mm-hmm. And like, so they were both playing like cult leaders, but the different, different. ends of the spectrum. It's, yeah, it's it was so good. Man, that's great. Pretty exciting. Gosh. Well, check it out. We're going to get into the Mayweather-McGregor fight. We're going to get into the May Young Classic. We're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to take a quick break right here. Uh, but when we come back, we will talk about all that great stuff. And later on, sizzling Stan Styles interview right here. So, uh, Corey, why don't you take us into break with something prophetic? With something what? Prophetic. I don't oh, know. Pro- just take pro- us into break. <laughs> oh, man. I, I got nothing. You can't just drop that on me like that. Ah, come so, on. <laughs> improv, man. I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll be back. <laughs> there you go. That worked. We're back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Corey said we might be back. We are back. And uh, you. My, <laughs> you. <laughs> my name is Dirty Mike. No, I'm the Big Ugly. And we are sitting here with Mr. Corey Berger. Corey, how you having a good time so far? Oh, yeah, man. I, I love doing this. We this enjoy you. We will have you back every now and again to talk some more wrestling, boxing, women, whatever we want to talk about. Women? <laughs> Women's good. wrestling is what oh, it is. Okay. We can I'm talk sorry. women too. My, mind, my mind went somewhere else. Yeah. My bad. It's <laughs> dirty and it's ugly. We can talk women. You should women. have said okay. women's wrestling. It's just like... <laughs> I think I meant to, but it just didn't come out that way. Um, also, I don't I don't know that I'm going to have a whole lot of boxing input beyond this fight. That's okay. <laughs> and, and we are going to get into that. Um, Big Ugly's right. That is kind of it's, it's gotten kind of stale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about the world of boxing as well. Uh, a couple of things right before we get into the the uh, Mayweather McGregor fight. So Paige making her way back to the Performance Center in WWE. That's some news recently, newsworthy kind of stuff. Yeah. But she didn't actually participate in anything at the performance center she just showed like a picture of her being there right mm-hmm. like she went to visit some people yeah it shows that she's still welcome there it's she's still welcome there and some she's showing that she's trying to get back into shape and she's trying i don't know if it's for the wwe maybe maybe not who knows uh, i'd like to see her back i enjoyed Paige. i think Paige is a great wrestler I, I, I like her she has a lot of personality a lot of charisma Corey, i would Paige? like to see her i yeah she was great uh i don't it's been a little bit i don't don't know if I completely remember, but yeah, it it it'd be great to see her come back and do something. Now let me ask you guys this: Will everything that's gone on in her personal life affect her reception when she comes back? Like, do you think, or do you think fans are just going to be like, ah, oh, it's just Paige? You know, no one cares about whatever. I think people would pop for Paige. I okay. think that she would be another polarizing figure. I don't think they're going to worry about. Oh, she was. Dating Alberto Del Rio, or they got engaged, or he hit her, or whatever the case may be. I don't know what any of that or was. Or that she had a sex date. That Well, yeah. I mean, hey, you know what? What's his name? Xavier Woods. You know, he's all back on TV now. 
So True he was that. in that sex tape. True that. He was one of the stars of that sex tape. We found it. You know what I'm saying? So Xavier Woods, <laughs> and he had wood. Let me tell you what. This is dirty and it's ugly. Damn it. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to clarify that, that that is not being played right now. No. Is, no. Is, we are not watching that. In a prior that. time that they found this, <laughs> uh, we are not viewing this together. No. We are certainly not. Three men watching a sex tape. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> TNA, Impact, or GFW, whatever it is, that's on TV in the background. Hey, so I got a question because I just saw a GFW commercial is that, that shows Shelton Benjamin uh, on GFW for like one of their pay-per-views. And then it also showed Eric Young. Is Eric Young currently NXT? Yes, he is. And so is Shelton Benjamin. He right. is in WWE now. So on how- SmackDown. Those were some older videos because oh. this was filmed forever. This was filmed forever ago. Oh. They've been they've been playing it. Yeah, forever okay. on. They can use their entire the TNA entire GFW library. library. Ah, that makes sense. All right, yeah. thanks for clearing that up. But uh, GFW, yeah, G- the Jarrett's organization, yeah, they got that. Um, you know, yeah, well, you know. Um, Oh, by the way, we didn't mention this just because I didn't want to start the podcast on a down note, but very, very recently, Bobby the Brain Heenan passed away, and that sucks terribly. Um, one of the greatest announcers and one of the greatest managers slash wrestlers uh, in you know in the history of the business. Uh, I know uh, you said that hit you pretty hard, Big Ugly. Uh, Corey, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, were you a fan? Are you a fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, man, I... He was so entertaining, and he'd just talk forever mm-hmm. about nothing, <laughs> but he made it so interesting. It was just, like, it was great, especially with Gorilla Monsoon yeah. playing the straight man, mm-hmm. calling him an idiot. I could watch any match ever. It could be the worst match in history, but if those two were commentating it, uh, it'd be, it would be great. It would be awesome. How about you, Big Ugly? Yeah. No, yeah, that? yeah. I was, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Bobby Brain. Like, I had to go back and watch stuff with him. Like when the network came out, mm-hmm. um, that made me fan because he was kind of a little before my era. Yeah. watching wrestling. Okay, yeah. So, but he's yeah, one he was of the great. things that brought me, uh, brought my attention over to WCW. For real, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true. I mean, he made a big impact over there, and a lot of people started watching to listen to him. You know, kind of do commentary. Yeah, he was he was great. Who did he commentate with? At WCW? Tony Schiavone, Schiavone most of the time. Yeah. Well, it was they had so many people. Like it was them too, but there was uh, there was a lot of a lot of different third yeah. men in there. Uh, yeah. I remember they they bring Mike Tenay out for the cruiserweights right initially. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it? Uh, Larry Zabisco. Yeah, yeah. Was a, a big part of the third time or the third man there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can't remember. Uh, oh, what the hell? I can't remember. I can remember the voices, but I can't remember the names. But there were a couple people that did, you know, WCW Thunder or yeah, Nitro yeah. back and forth. Yeah, there were so many shows back in the nineties. It was like it was actually kind of like the networks doing now, but they were all on, all on TV. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's sad. Bobby the Brain Heenan passed away. He'd been fighting throat cancer for fifteen years. Been kicking throat cancer's ass, and then. He passed away, uh, right about 72 years old. So that sucks. And we might talk about that in longer form, talk about some of the matches he commentated or some of the times he got to perform in the ring as well. Um, and we'll talk about that on a later podcast. But 
That's, uh, we're gonna bring it back up now because, uh, talking about fighting, let's talk about a fight. Let's talk about a real fight. Let's talk about Floyd Mayweather versus <laughs> Conor McGregor. Let's talk about what you had to pay if you were a restaurant or a bar, $2,800 at minimum to have that fight playing in your establishment on that very night. Wow. Oh. That came wow. right from Jam and Jason. He went to the, I, I won't disclose the, the, the place, but he went to a couple of places trying to watch that fight that night because I know we all kind of hang out with our friends that night. That's how we watch the fight no one, here. No wonder they, they all wanted at least uh, 50 bucks. For a cover. To, for a cover, yeah. That's incre- wow. Isn't that incredible? That's crazy, man. And that, there was an entire card before that, which I probably couldn't tell you one thing that was on that card, but that fight alone... It was if you wanted to watch it in your home, it was ninety nine ninety nine. If you wanted to watch it in a bar, you had to pay a, whatever that cover was, like you said, Corey, fifty dollars or whatever it was. But man, two thousand eight hundred dollars to pay for that to put it in your establishment on one, one stream. That's did, did you happen to watch any of that undercard? No, you I noticed how empty the seats were. Really? Yeah, man. So everybody started coming in, I guess, yeah. towards the uh, the main fight. Yeah. No one can, man. That, that, under, that undercar show, it was literally just for show. That that's all that oh, was. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the only interest I had, which I still didn't see the fight, was a guy from Baltimore. I forget his name, Devontae or something. Got the tattoos on his neck. The undercard but, was completely because was they it. were like, "Well, we can't really charge people a hundred dollars just for <laughs> one fight." <laughs> even and though we, that's what they're that buying. We don't even know is going to go pay, go a full round. Right. Yeah. Like that's yeah. We gotta at least pretend like we're presenting an entire event. Right, like this is actually a, a major boxing event. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I was disappointed too. Them undercard guys really should have tried harder. But yeah. I guess they figured since the nobody was sitting in there watching them that most people at home weren't paying attention either. Yeah, and, and the thing is, it took them forever to get the undercard. Like I don't know if you remember, like they didn't have this undercard set for a while. Right. Like, you know, it took them up until like I think you know three or four weeks before the show. To finally say, oh, yeah, here's undercard. Like, no one cared, man. That, that's the like, thing. No do you cared. care less? I mean, if you're on that if you're I, on that card, do you care less or do you <clears throat> care more? I don't know. Like you said, Corey, maybe they should have tried harder. I honestly, I was disappointed that the whole card wasn't like UFC versus boxing. Okay. Like, that, I think that Like a theme? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, we'll just throw a whole gimmick out there. You know, there's five boxers, five UFC guys. See, that would be cool. times. Even even still, everybody's only going to pay to see the uh, one fight. <laughs> yeah. See, the only thing about that one is that you it, it it would come across as unfair because essentially you're taking everybody from MMA and making them have to box, which already well, puts them at that. a disadvantage, right? Oh, so you? Th- I didn't say that. You said go. No, he just said have the MMA versus yeah. the the, I mean, uh, a the boxing. Of them could have been. Could have been. MMA, been oh, MMA shoot. Rules. <laughs> Because you know, hey, that, you, know there's a, you know there's a boxer that pissed that yeah. promoter off somewhere. Yeah, so he's like you. You all had to take your gloves off. Yeah. <laughs> now that would have been much more interesting hey, for an entire event. Because a lot of a lot of the uh, amateurs and even uh, pride is done. They're done in rings. Mm-hmm. That's so that's not, very true. They don't, have, they don't have to not, be octagon. Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. the only place to get a professional fight right. in. Yep. Let's read what Wikipedia has to say about this. And we're putting over <laughs> Wikipedia, okay? And Wikipedia is free for now. Apparently, you might start charging for it. All right. They always say that. I charge. know. Yeah. Well, it's, there is there is a gimmick that uh, they charge for. That uh, I think it's like an app or something that does more. Or I, I don't know. They're always asking for donations. It's like they are. I, I don't think I can donate. I, I haven't done it yet. It's like I I want to donate, but. 
I really can't bring myself to <laughs> donate into something. Like, there's there's so many worthwhile charities to donate to. And yes. Like, like burger cookies. I'm sorry, Wikipedia. Not, we're not a charity. It's not a charity, it's but like, you want to donate money to it because I'm sorry, you want to buy the cookies. I'm sorry, Wikipedia, but, you know, I'm just going to help these hurricane victims instead. Yeah. That would that would be much better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway. Wikipedia. Mayweather extended his professional boxing undefeated streak to 50 victories and zero defeats, going 50-0, and surpassing the 49-0 and record of Hall of Famer Rocky Marciano. Go ahead, Corey. I thought he was 51-0. and It shows 50. Didn't, he was 49-0 and before the fight. did he beat the, the big fight. show? Ah, good call. <laughs> Apparently, and I did check that. Well, I guess that, that wasn't a boxing match. No, so. well, that number was not figured into his total. Even though it should have been because it happened, I was there. Mayweather won, knocked Big <coughs> Show out. Um, but anyway, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Go watch that, by the way. WrestleMania 24. That was, that was a surprisingly good match. It was really entertaining. Yeah. Uh, one of the best matches, actually, on that show, other than Michaels and uh, Ric Flair. But um, damn right, that was fun. And uh, Mayweather held his own against the Big Show. Big Show, of course, and it had a lot to do with you know making that match what it was. But it was absolutely really, really good. But Mayweather did his part. He really did. Right. He played his part well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he, Mayweather killed Big Show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Him. Beat him with everything: brass knuckles and steel chairs and yep. fantastic stuff. Oh, by the way, one of his uh, handlers took a choke slam that was ridiculous on his neck. Like Mayweather's handlers took a choke yeah. slam on the was neck. That, was that legit one of his handlers, or was that a, a wrestling guy? That no, that was uh, a couple of Mayweather's Yeah, I think that was part of his entourage, yeah. Yeah, Mayweather had his entourage. Yeah, they probably asked. I'm sure they did. Yeah. You know, that guy's like a huge wrestling fan. Oh, he's, he's a like, mark. can I take a choke mm-hmm. slam? Like, <laughs> can I oh, break my neck? <laughs> that was such a bad idea. <laughs> So, yes, Mayweather defeated McGregor by TKO, technical knockout, in the 10th round, which we're going to get into was a lot longer than any of us said, like you said, Corey. A lot longer than any of us thought it would be. Yeah, they stopped that a little soon, though. And we're going to talk about that, too. Mayweather's guaranteed disclosed paycheck was $100 million, and McGregor's guaranteed disclosed paycheck was $30 million. However... Well, 300, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I forgot a zero. <laughs> However, the purse for the two fighters was expected to be substantially higher for each, with Mayweather reportedly earning over $300 million from the fight and McGregor earning over $100 million for the fight. So, um, And that's just disclosed. That's probably more than that. That's a lot of freaking that, money. That Nowhere in, that, in there did that say anything about endorsements. Nope. No, not once. Nowhere or the appearance fees they got for the the promotions mm-hmm. for the fights. That's they did three standoffs before the fight even so happened. Much money. Yo, good job for Mayweather, man. He he he's the real winner of the fight because I mean, you know, banging out three hundred million is nothing for Floyd. You know, Floyd has gotten over hundred million for you know his last couple fights. Yeah, Mayweather would have. I mean, uh, Connor would have never seen that kind of money had he not have. You know, uh, went for this fight, and the mm-hmm. fact that and like Connor was the one that wanted the fight. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Mayweather was retired. You know, Connor mm-hmm. pulled for he this also, fight. Also undefeated. Once he got the right, he, right. It's like, like he doesn't have anything. He's got nothing to like, go out there and do. It's You're like right. yo, Connor is pretty strategic with this because he he's good. He'll make more money than any other MMA person will ever make. So. I feel like he already has, except with the exception of maybe Brock Lesnar. Right. Definitely. And, yeah. And that's only because I haven't really looked into what. What WWE has 
and is paying Brock Lesnar. Yeah. But, but you, you know, know you know he's like highest paid on that roster. So I see Plus, it. Was it Jimmy Johns gave him like that? That yeah. like eighty year deal or whatever. Oh my god! Still, at least he twenty. Wears, yeah, yeah but he still wears their like shorts or whatever. Like it's because they're still paying him. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, weird because he's never done like commercials or anything. Like he literally just, I guess I don't know. I don't know what kind of endorsement that he had. I guess it was just for the clothing back when he did MMA and they saw who Brock. Yeah. Oh, he had more endorsements than that. I mean, he had, you know, well, all, all, everything that you saw in his clothing, you know, there was a whole lot of endorsements. I think the only one that he was able to keep going to the WWE was Jimmy John's. Oh. Well, the, the, remember UFC closed that. Uh, yeah. So I think. Because now all, they, all you see is Reebok. Yeah, Reebok. That's yeah, all so they are. <laughs> but they did, you can't make those guys, you know, cut off contracts. That right. Are, like they have to fulfill their contracts. So Some of it, and you, like you see the ring at UFC or the octagon or the cage, yeah. you'll see all the advertisements all oh, over yeah, the floor, all over the cage. So there's a lot of the ad, ad, uh, endorsements that some of those people on those cards have. You know yeah. what I mean? So D- didn't that suck for the actual fighters though? Because it's like now you know instead of them getting the money in their pockets from sponsors. UFC is just getting all the money yeah. from Reebok. Mm-hmm. That was the and idea. That's the and idea. It's just like, yo, that, that just sucks, yo. That like, is. They don't care about their fighters, man. I would love like, to be a human billboard. I'll pay anybody, you know. What do they give me to tattoo the right. name on my ass and show it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, I'll do it. Um, <coughs> so let's, let's talk about this fight. I'm, I'm not paying you for that. Uh, well, maybe not you, but <laughs> <laughs> what if I put Burger Cookies logo right on my ass? B-E-R on one cheek and G-E-R yeah, on the other. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not paying for that. You know? That's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it could be. It could work. You know, if you sell one more package. This? Well, that's, I mean, that's the question. I don't. I'm know. actually emailing my lawyer <laughs> so we can send out a cease and desist yeah. before this actually happens. Cease and desist on Dirty Mike's bunghole. Um, but anyway, moving forward, that's dirty and it's ugly. It's all the time. Uh, so we talked about this fight. It went ten rounds, longer than any of us would expected. Who, who, who do you think? How long do you think the fight? Would have lasted before this happened, Big Ugly. Two rounds, three rounds? Um, yeah, I was calling... I was thinking more like six. Okay. Yeah. Corey? Yeah, I was at five or six. Yeah. Because my thing was I felt like I felt like Connor was going to come out really strong mm-hmm. in the beginning. Which he did. Which he, he did, right. Did. Because, I mean, that's how UFC fighters go. I mean, they go hard. They only got five rounds to, like, get it done. Oh, right. Five rounds of championship. Right. It's three rounds for, for, for regular yeah, fights. For regular yeah. fights, right. So... <laughs> So, you know, and then I'm like, I, and I thought to myself, what's going to happen is Floyd's going to do his usual. He's going to duck and dodge. He's going to bob and weave. Connor's going to get gassed. And Floyd, you know what I'm saying? It, it, I felt like Floyd might actually have, like, knocked him out because Connor would have been gassed. Mm-hmm. So, I understand. That's, what I that's pretty much what happened. Ultimately. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah ultimately, I mean, yeah. ultimately, that's, I thought it was going to happen sooner. And we're going to talk about the <laughs> yeah. stoppage, too. I actually called it an eight. So, we're, we're right around the same area. Six, eight, you know, five, six, eight. But it went ten. And some people think it was stopped a little bit early. Corey, you mentioned this earlier. Let's talk about the stoppage in round 10. So the referee stopped the fight. Be- oh, yeah. He didn't, I mean, because Connor, because he, he hit the ropes. Yeah. Because he was dazed. He probably really was dazed, but, but I mean. Do you feel, I mean, we couldn't see what the referee could see, like, in the, in the midst of the action. We couldn't hear what the referee could hear. I mean, apparently he was so gassed that he was basically out on his feet. I that see, point, I I'm know. not 100 percent familiar with boxing, but I was always under the impression that there was a count for like a standing eight count or something like this. Don't they don't they count to, to 
for uh they do. I mean, if you get knocked down, you still get a standing eight, but I don't know if, what rules were in effect for this fight. Because it, this wasn't a necessarily a knockdown or anything like that. The referee just stepped in and yeah, stopped Yeah, he never... Uh, yeah. Connor never got knocked down. Nope. Right. And, and I'm not saying he would have won. Because, you know... The, at that point, yeah, I think he was going to lose. He was going yeah, to lose. Definitely. Yeah. And it, it probably would have been the next couple of hits. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why the, the ref just jumped in and took it away like that. Especially since they go through so much more look, brutal battles in UFC. It's like fact, they've been through so much more than that. The fact that they brought a, a referee out of retirement to to do that, mm-hmm. it's just it seems so bad for boxing. Yeah. You know it's, it makes them look so, so bad. And it's already they're already looking bad from this past week with uh, Triple G and Canelo fight. But that's another story. But uh, so, so, I was wondering <laughs> if you're gonna bring that up. <laughs> So, but the thing is, like, when when he stopped the fight, it kind of reminded me of like something you would see in the UFC. You know how like the the ref just jumps in and just stops the fight. It's like, all right, this right. But he usually do not, that, does that when not, not, not somebody's like, standing, right? But yeah, not no, no, somebody no. standing, right? Somebody's getting like, hammer fisted yeah. into the ground and blood squirting yeah. everywhere. That's Typ- when the referee steps typically in. Typically, a bo- a boxing ref. If they feel like the person knocked out on their feet, it seems like they would have kind of pulled them in a corner, done their little one count, had the fighter over there, like, trying to assess them to see if they could still go. Right. But he didn't do that. Like, he just kind of looked at Connor and was like, all right, no, it's done. And like you said, Connor was simply just, like, running along the ropes. Like, I just I went back and watched this a few times, and I'm yeah, like, I, don't, I, mean, I, I it, don't feel like he should have stopped the fight. There's, there's the whole, it could have just been, what is it, the rope-a-dope? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They act like they're right. right. He's selling. He's right. trying to show that yeah. he's almost knocked out, so he can come back and throw yeah, that so left. And when the, yeah, so when the guy comes in to finish the job, he can you know pull, right. pull a nice strong one out real quick. And mm-hmm. The ref because just jumped in like what? when the match was stopped and McGregor was pulled away and McGregor sat down, he was looked like he was totally you know good to he the world. He was pissed. He was pissed, but he was he was he was fine. Not like he was standing there like out on his feet or sitting there like no. Ah. As soon as the ref. The ref jumped in. He looked at the ref and said, "What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. And I like I heard the the audio said that like Connor was telling the ref like, "Let him put me down." You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, "Let him knock me out." After the fight, he even said that he said, "You should have, you could, you could have let him knock me out." Right. It's like, so I feel like he knew that he was gonna lose at that point. Sure. But, but he just, wanted to go out. Like if he's if he's gonna go out, he wanted to go out not from some, you know, half ass right. stoppage. Yeah, no. You know, right, yeah. Like he's never been knocked out before. Yeah. Come on. And if it would have went twelve rounds, let the let the judges decide and the judges would have decided that Mayweather won anyway, but let him have an opportunity to get knocked out. You know what I mean? Let him show, because he, if he goes the distance, you know, McGregor went the distance. He didn't get knocked out. Or if he did get knocked out, that would have been great for the sport, man. That would have been fantastic. You know how many replays they could have sold of that shit? Just of him getting knocked out? He would have sold the whole event for $100 right. all over again for him to just get knocked out. Of course, it was on social media, like, the next day, within 24 hours, the entire fight. But, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, That's how I, I saw it. Uh, yes, there you go. See? Uh, and then some people went over to their friends' houses, you know, and, and hung out with buddies, you know, right, Corey? That's oh, what yeah. we did. Yeah, well, I wasn't paying 50 bucks to go stand in a bar that's crowded and still have to order food, right. even though I probably don't have anywhere to set my food and eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll pass, thank you. Yeah. So it was supposed to go 12, Especially and it went two 10. Of, you know, if there's two of us, that's already $100 just for the covers. There right. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well just buy yeah. the pay-per-view at that point. Yeah. And whoever did buy that at restaurants and bars probably jacked up their food for the night. You know what I'm saying? Oh, right. you got to raise Especially everything to make that money back. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
That's insane. Yeah, let's uh, nine ninety nine for a draft beer. What the? What, yeah, Budweiser, Bud Light. What the hell? Oh, no, come on. Um, so at least give me some Yingling or something yeah. like that. Come on, man. Um, okay. So the fight at, at Corey, you were mentioning this fight was more entertaining than you thought it was going to be. So yeah, got to see eight rounds. Yeah, I'm not not typically that entertained by boxing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Talk about let's let's talk about the first couple of rounds. First couple of rounds, it was like we talked about McGregor coming out strong, but it was Floyd doing a lot of Floyd, ducking, running, not throwing many punches. I think he threw five punches in the first round, maybe, um, maybe twenty total in the first three rounds. Is this typical Floyd Mayweather running, ducking, running away, or just playing defense? I should say. Yeah, you know it's funny because people use he those terms. Ran less than he usually yeah. does, but, but he didn't have to run. Yeah. He just. Kind of yeah. stepped out of the way. Yeah, but a lot of times he like he'll make the guy chase him around. Yeah, well yeah. he used to. I mean he's retired, but whatever. right, whatever. Okay, good. Yeah, and I was gonna say a lot of people like consider Floyd style like you know to be like you know running and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Why is it that when Ali did it, it was like acceptable? Like they consider like oh Ali danced around his opponents, mm-hmm. but for Floyd it's like oh he's running away. Well, because when Ali did it, he was dancing. Yeah. He was actually he kind was of doing, doing the footwork. Yeah. Shuffle step. That's right. Now, when Floyd does it, he's just kind of he's taking the defensive approach. But, I mean, that's really smart. How do you think he got to be 49-0 in the first place? True. He doesn't get hit a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he was a little more aggressive in his younger years. This is true. But, yeah, as he got older. <laughs> he got, yeah, I mean, yeah, he got to play. backing up a little bit. It's just like in pro wrestling. If you want, if you don't want to, you know, wear yourself out. If you want to have longevity as a career, you got to do something where you're not going to beat the hell out of your body all day long, all day, all night long. You know, Hulk Hogan had a lot of running. Oh, no, he didn't do a lot of running, but I mean, he had a long run because he just threw right hands and you know the leg drop. That's why he's got two well, the leg drops actually replaceable with, hips right now. What's, well, yeah, what, is what did him in. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, without that leg drop, he's not as much of Hulk Hogan as he would have been. You know what I'm saying? Curved his spine. Yeah. So, but he's still... But just the thing, he would be in better shape if his finisher was just that big boot. Right. The big boot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Before I started watching wrestling, I thought his his finisher was the body slam, because that's yeah. what... that's he, The big deal was the he body slammed body Andre. Slam Andre. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. I think he still dropped the leg on him after, he but it's sure been did. years since I watched that. Yeah. He dropped the leg, and he barely kind of, you know, half-covered him and tried to pull up the tree trunk of a leg, and then the referee was already counting three by the time Hogan grabbed the leg <laughs> and everything. Yeah. And he was almost he was near the ropes too, so Andre could have reached out with one finger and touched the ropes where they were at the ring, but he wasn't moving Andre at all. Andre was not moving at all after that match. But back to the Mayweather McGregor. Yeah, sorry. Uh, you said first couple rounds. First couple rounds. Uh so Floyd playing Dan, a little Floyd defense. Floyd running defense. McGregor coming out strong, like you said. And it was kinda after the third round or so when uh Mayweather kinda got a little bit, you know, more fancy with the with the hands, started throwing some hands. Uh, I don't know. Was he doing a lot of serious damage to McGregor in those uh, middle rounds? Not, not in the, not like in the third round because it seemed like it took him a little bit to to get used to McGregor's style. Because in boxing, they usually they block they they block with those heavy gloves. Mm-hmm. Where Mayweather is doing the MMA thing, and you know he's swiveling his head around and really getting out of the way, which mm-hmm. really didn't help his. Uh, his stamina in the long run. True. But you expend a lot of energy when you're just even moving around in that ring for, what is it, three-minute rounds, right? Yes. So you expend yeah. a lot of energy just moving. 
And uh, yeah, and he was moving way more than he needed to. Mm-hmm. Right, right. He was hyped up. You think he was intense just because he was, you know, all jacked up on just the fact he was in this fight, and that's and what he does. And, and, and he's not a boxer, right? He's not mm-hmm. a boxer. Dude, when you get in those fights, you you doing. He's doing a lot of training, mm-hmm. but those basic instincts that have been ingrained in him from years of training is yeah. going to start kicking in. So when you know when he see punches coming. You know, he's not going to just be thinking like a boxer. It's just like, all right, I can just put my hands up yeah, and just let him kind of hit. You're not going to block right. a bare fist with your bare exactly. fist. Exactly. So you're it's not like, going to feel yeah. good. Basically, for him, is when, when a fist is flying at you, you, you move out of the way. Right. Exactly. Get out of the way. Yeah. Throw that rebound yeah. shot if you can. Exactly. but uh, Or not re- but the defensive yeah, the shot counter, if you yeah. can. Right. But the first job is to get out of the way exactly. and not eat the punch. Right. Yeah, so and, and and I think that you're absolutely right about Mayweather having to get accustomed to Connor's, you know, unorthodox style. Um, you know, so Mayweather had to kind of feel Connor out for a mm-hmm. minute because he was very unorthodox. He yeah, really well, was. Every yeah. time Mayweather threw a punch, uh, you know, McGregor's now he's over here. Yeah. Normally, when he throws that, you know, he puts up that that feel out punch. Right, that little jab. Other yeah. boxers. Still there because he's got the yeah yeah he'll just stay there and eat it because they know it's not much power coming through you know so right because like, they know right, it's worth it. it's worth taking that one to make sure you can get out of the way of the the powerful right. one coming next and exactly man but, yeah he's just completely gone when after that first punch and it's like you know you didn't have to you didn't have to get completely out of the way <laughs> yeah. dude you could have just. What do those gloves weigh like sixteen ounces like, um, like a pound I think, or something? I think for Connor they went down to eight. Um, Even still, yeah. man. Like it's but typically, that's where that's what Mayweather's used to, like the heavy ones. Like yeah, the, the heavy, the thick, sixteen to twelve. Something you've like got that. big, yeah. heavy bags on your hands. So yeah. you take those light punches with those. Yeah, don't 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 swing your whole head around for a, <laughs> for a light jab that he just wants to see where you're going with it. Now, is that a learning experience for McGregor? Does he box again, or was this just for the for this fight? You know, does he box again, or does he continue to go back to UFC and do what I, he's doing? I'm pretty sure he said himself that if the money's right, he'll fight anywhere. But would there be <laughs> another big money fight like this, though? You know, is there a boxer? I don't see how there could be. You know, this this was the biggest. Does anybody think Tyson's still tough enough to to put up a fight? I wouldn't mess with him. But I mean, he's but what you're is he? you're not a professional fighter. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, Tyson I, could knock out the average guy. I wouldn't mess with Tyson either. But <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not Conor McGregor. It's, True. I mean, but you, would you pay to see Mike Tyson get back in the ring though? I don't or, know that I would. Well, you didn't. I mean, you hang out with a friend. You know, that's what we would do. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, just, I don't know if I'd pay a hundred dollars to watch it. But you know, is there money in Mike Tyson? Say Mike Tyson versus Conor McGregor, or Mike Tyson versus Floyd Mayweather? I think Mayweather's done. There's not as much money. No, not anywhere near as much money as there was for this one. Okay, I think that Tyson. I think people would pay to see Tyson if if they could see Tyson in the shape that he was back in the early '90s, Mm -hmm. you know, late '80s and '90s. If Tyson came out like, say, he did a press conference or something looking like that, people would be like, people like. Goddamn, I'm, I'm paying to see this fight. Especially, you know especially if he turns the crazy gimmick yeah, back up. Well, exactly. And he's looking because, I mean, that was the thing that really hurt Tyson. Like, Tyson got, he, you know, he got older. He started letting himself go. Mm-hmm. started losing fights. And people's like, oh, you know, he's done. But if you see Tyson looking like he did in, like, 89, mm-hmm. right now, I'd be like, you know what? I might have to watch this. He's not knocking <laughs> right. people out in 30 exactly. seconds, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because yeah, not, even though we haven't seen him, guys' ears yeah. off. Uh, true. Yeah, exactly. 
He was so, in a Hangover movie too, so I enjoyed Mike Tyson. But I don't think Tyson would ever get back in the ring. No, nah, why would he? He's yeah. doing movies now. Yeah, he's doing movies. Guys, little animated show. He's like what fifty something now. Mm-hmm. He, I he mean, his own one man Broadway yeah. show. He's, I mean, he's doing all that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be a Bernard Hopkins like getting knocked through the ring ropes and stuff when you like fifty. It's, it's not. It's not a good look. I, you know, I tell you though, there is where there is plenty of money for him is at WrestleMania. Hell yeah! Yeah, man. WWE, absolutely. Yeah. Let's 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 have uh, WWE give us the fight that UFC couldn't. Let's see him and Brock. That'd be great. That yeah. would be interesting. That'd be, that'd be dope. You talking about Connor, right? Yeah, yeah Connor yeah. and Brock yeah, and Brock be, at WrestleMania. Hell yeah! UFC can't pull it off. Yeah, no. no. This is not going to work. There's too many like the discrepancies in weight class and just you know whatever divisions. No, I'd, I'd say WWE could pull that off now. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Ronda Rousey was a big uh, proponent of the uh, May Young Classic. She was there through the whole thing. Well, that's because her girl is was in it. Mm-hmm. One of the four horsewomen, I believe it is. Or is that right? No, am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, from USC. Was it was okay. it one of the four horsewomen? Yeah, okay. because there was a lot of people in that a uh, lot of people in that tournament. We're gonna okay. jump into that, but Ronda Rousey was, I mean, she was on WWE TV. She was right. in the front row. She was, you know, she was there at SummerSlam. Actually, why is she not jumping row? on the WWE before her stock runs out, man? Because I mean, it's it, it's running out. Like you know, Ronda Rousey has been out of you know the mainstream arena for like. You know what? Past year. So when was her? When when was her new dance fight? Was that uh, last year? Last year, but no, not was late last year. I think right because it it's like you got. I mean, you know, she fought Holly Holm, lost, took a pretty much a year off, year fought off. again, lost, mm-hmm. and then she's essentially been out for another year. And it's like, all right, she, that second loss that was bad. It was bad, really right? bad. So it's like, I mean, you better capitalize on something before people just like you know, hey, it's just a you? thing of a past of the past. You know, well, what I'm she saying? didn't. She did a movie or two, didn't she? <clears throat> she did a movie or two. She did uh, what is it? Battle of the Network Stars. She did television because I think wasn't she in the third Expendables? She movie? was. Yeah, but the thing is, is mm-hmm. she was doing those things while everybody while she was still on top. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you can imagine that the things that Hollywood might have had planned for her after what happened, you know, some people are going to lose interest because she wasn't the dominant female mm-hmm. of the UFC anymore. But she's still a name. She developed she enough name. of a name and a following for herself that there's money in Ronda Rousey. You know what I'm saying? But but this is really like why is she not? But in, for how in long? The, right, that's my thing. Because she's long. not. They can't let it go. Not do his long. point is he, he she's not taking advantage of that. I agree. Eventually, well, it's not going to be worth so much. I'd like to see her and Stephanie, you know, one on one kind of thing, you know, or at least you know have a mixed tag team where they were right. supposed to do it before with Triple H and Stephanie against uh, the Rock and Ronda Rousey, right? Something like that. You know, there's still money in it. I think if they let it go too far, like after this year's WrestleMania in New Orleans, I don't think there's as much money as there could have been in Ronda Rousey. That's about as far as I'd say it would go. WrestleMania should be where the Ronda Rousey thing should happen. It's yeah, a big, but it's a big gonna, enough name. They, they need to pull her in soon if they're going to have her do something at WrestleMania. Well, they had her on TV. They just kind of shot her at her on TV. But, you know, now, since so this May Young Classic, so what are we uh, getting into fall now? So WrestleMania season is only about you know, six months away. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, we're coming up on uh, uh, Survivor Series, mm-hmm. which is always one of my favorites. It's always a fun. Hopefully as long we'll, as they have the classic Survivor Series. Yeah, matches. hopefully we'll get one of those. Uh, I mean, but you know that the whole concept of those was built around the draw of people watching Hogan versus Andre. Mm-hmm. That was that was the whole mm-hmm. idea behind them. But they're so much fun. Yeah. 
I love to see people with absolutely no storyline together just get thrown into a match five on five and then elimination yeah, stuff. If, if nothing else, give us a show versus show. You know that's okay. Five Raw, five SmackDown. Mm-hmm. They should do that at least with the men, with the women, and maybe with the tag teams too. That's what I like the tag team yeah. ones where it's like ten on ten. So it's like five tag oh, teams, yeah, five yeah. tag teams, and filled uh, with people. If, if one guy gets pinned, both both, both are gone. Yeah, both partners leave. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Like the Rockers, the Brain Busters, the Killer Bees, the Quebecers, or whatever you want to call them. The Conquistadors. Oh, love that stuff back in 1988. Beautiful stuff. Oh, by the way, Jamie Jason sends his regards one more time. He said, why the hell do you not know who Billy Joel is? What is wrong with you? Oh, yeah. Because no, he mentioned like, this on the yeah, last podcast. How, yeah. how do you so, not know? No, here's the thing. I, I, I know the name Billy Joel. I just don't know any music uh-huh. of Billy Joel. But you said Piano Man, right? Piano Man. I, I mean, I still don't know the song, did you, but... Did you send yeah. him that, that link? Yeah, I forwarded I put his name on it, yeah. Yeah. Did you Wait. Did you look at it? Did you look at the link that was linked to... And all those songs that sampled uh, Billy Joel songs? Because uh, I put oh, your name shoot. attached to you to that. That's, I tagged you in it. Oh, that's why, yeah, dude. You're oh, way crap, more f- I gotta, I gotta, we gotta I gotta go back and do it. that all again. Right, yeah, I gotta look at it. You're so, way more familiar with him than you think you okay. are. Okay, all right. Because you, right. you've heard it, but you just don't recognize it. You're not, you're not putting the name to the songs. Gotcha. That's all it is. All right. So, I mean, I got, I got to see him recently, and that was awesome. Billy Joel at, uh, in Philadelphia, right in the middle yeah, of the Yeah, that guy's great. Woo. 62? No, 68 years old. Woo. Big man. Uh, you know, in age, but still doing it, man. Putting on a two-and-a-half-hour show by himself, playing a guitar, sitting at the piano, playing a harmonica, multi-talented, fantastic. Putting over Billy Joel on this podcast. So, let's um, let's segue. Let, let's get let's get some final thoughts here about May uh, kind of what, uh, McGregor and Mayweather. Yeah. So, um, let's so, give it some ratings. Let's give it some final thoughts. So, final thoughts. Uh, I think overall it was a. I think overall it was a decent fight. I think the fight turned out better than what I thought it could be. Mm-hmm. I had low expectations for it, mm-hmm. so I think a lot know, of people did. Yeah. So it actually it went better. Um, I wanted Floyd to win. Floyd won. So. I uh I got what I wanted, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you got what um, you wanted. I will say that you asked a question earlier about if Connor should enter boxing again. I don't think so. I feel like what Connor needs to do is needs to go back to MMA and build a stop back up. You know, win okay. some more fights at MMA. Um, you know, I don't think he needs to really bother with being, you know, in boxing. That you know, MMA is the sport right now as far as you know fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, boxing is not really it's not really there. Um, so. And Connor is a major star yeah. in MMA. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A major draw. So I think that he should go back there and do his thing. And I mean, he still has a title, so he's got to defend that. Because he's, he's been holding on to that for like, what, two years or something? Mm-hmm. I thought um, he had two. They stripped him of the one after he. They stripped him of the one when he decided he was going to fight Mayweather. Because yeah. he couldn't hold two division belts mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much not be defending either one. That's fair enough. That's, yeah. 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 So, so I think they so took I guess the, he'll have to go win that one back. Well, he yeah. should defend the one he has first. Yes, he should. And then he should go win that one. Because the thing, back. what he had, did he have. He had. Did he have lightweight and featherweight? Uh, yes. And then it they was, took the lightweight from him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I don't think he should fight again in Boston. I think he should just go back to MMA and eventually uh, do a WWE spot. Absolutely, that way he's got the uh, the character yeah. for it, and he yeah. could make a lot Definitely. of money there. Yeah. Final thoughts on uh, the fight, Corey? Uh, yeah, man, it was a great fight. Like it was entertaining from beginning to end. So, uh, I don't, I wouldn't watch another one. Um, so there's no reason. Mayweather McGregor too. Yeah, there's no reason to go back to that. Although I don't. 
Yeah, really. boxing does that a lot too. It's not just that's not just a wrestling thing. No, they do. Boxing, boxing is on a lot of those. So if there's money, and so in a is rematch. yeah, and so is UFC. So I just want to put it out there right now. I don't feel like there's money in a rematch. You heard it here. So yeah, no, Corey it's Berger. No, it's not. It's it would take way too long for uh, for McGregor to to train out the UFC fighting and train in the boxing yeah. fighting for that to even be considered yeah. a good fight again. And why Floyd would even take a rematch would be beyond me. Like, do you if oh, for the money. He retired again. <laughs> well, why not? Sure. sure. He's the money. He is Floyd Money Mayweather. Um, yeah, that's a lot. He's got a lot of yeah. money. So. Yeah. I say my final thoughts are I enjoyed it. Um, we're still talking about it today, so it obviously made an impact, right. which is good. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we were supposed to do this earlier, but... Big Ugly yeah. had to move into the Mansion 2.0. Yeah, I know, he, yeah. My, I'm sorry. I, I held this up for... <laughs> I mean, this fight happened on August 26th, right. so we're now about a month removed from this fight. Yeah. Um, here's my thoughts. I When I came, actually, I was not watching the fight live, but when I came uh, home, I turned on ESPN because I knew they had live coverage to see how it was going. Uh, they had said that Showtime and a lot of pay-per-view providers had lost the feed for the fight. So they had... All of the undercard matches, which we were talking about, Corey, earlier, then they had a lapse for about 30 to 45 minutes before the main event actually started because the pay-per-view providers lost the yeah. uh, the signal. Or they did come on like, really late at night. Yeah. Is, that, is that what was going on? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, because I, I noticed it because they were still talking about, you know, the pre-fight and the prelims, and they were showing them both in the locker room, kind of, May, Mayweather was sitting all calm, cool, and collected, he didn't care, and uh, McGregor was kind of just pumping himself up, pumping himself up, and they did it, and it took about 45 minutes before they actually started the, the live stream of the fight. So, that's interesting, especially if you're paying 100 or 2800 or whatever the hell you're paying for this, and, you're, and it's lagging. Yeah, somebody but, was paying. Yeah, somebody was paying. But like you said, Corey, the, the seats were a little bit empty, so a lot of people could have been tuning into this fight when they were reading the results and be like, oh, the undercard's over. Let's buy this fight now. Yeah, that's, we don't... that's why it froze up on them. It very and well the... could have been because everybody in the yeah. world wanted to everybody jump turned, Everybody turned it on at the same time, yeah. which was not the beginning of it like it like is typically done with a, right. a you know live pay-per-view event. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mauro Ronaldo was uh, on the lead commentary for it. I, I like Mauro Ronaldo. I don't know. I, I'm a fan of Mauro Ronaldo. I, I don't see. He was I don't know player. why JBL bullied him. You know, uh, he he came on the SmackDown about a year ago. He he has been a boxing announcer for a long, long yeah, time. Been, yeah, he, um, yeah. And and a, and a mixed martial arts announcer. So he he's got uh, a character. He's got a voice to him. Mauro Ronaldo. He's uh, he was on SmackDown for a while. Yep. And then JBL bullied him. That that was a story anyway. And then he left. So now Mauro Ronaldo is now on NXT. Right. Yeah, but he he's not the only guy that's claimed that JBL is a bully. Well, JBL is JBL. So. Yeah. He's going into the Hall of Fame next year. He's That's a, my call. By yeah, I mean, he's a little old school, so yeah. I could see how a lot of the the new school guys would take that as bullying. Yeah, and I think, and I think for Morrow, he doesn't come from the wrestling. You know, like that's not his. He's thing. not the wrestling if culture. He, like, I understand. A lot, yeah. A lot yeah. of the guys that have been so vocal about his bullying were not wrestling. Right. Wrestling right. Guys. didn't come up in the right. business. Like there I, were broadcasters mm-hmm. that were brought in from other places. Yeah, exactly. Like and. You know, but somebody needs to tell JBL be like, look, they're not they're not all coach, right? <laughs> like, you know, he he was a broadcaster they brought in, or even Michael Cole. Yeah, because remember at DX with Michael Cole and these guys they took it, 
And yeah. they just they went with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even Cole said he couldn't stand like Shawn Michaels yeah. back in the well, day. Like, I mean, look in, at in the look at the garbage him. they put him through. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, it's yeah. It's, your typical your typical guy's not gonna not gonna put up with that. Right. Right. And especially when you think about Coach and Michael Cole, we're talking about super young guys that came into the business. So, yeah. you know, they kind of like just was like, all right, this is what I have to go through. Yeah. I want to make right. They got to go to the hands. Well, Ronaldo Ronaldo is an established you know, broadcaster that's been doing this for years, and well, then he's I coming. Mean, Michael so. Cole was a—he was a war correspondent. Yes, he was. He was, was it? Yeah, yeah, he is a real broadcaster. Yes, not he a, was. Not a sports broadcaster. Not that they're not real yeah. broadcasters, but you know, like he was doing, over in the trenches. Yeah, he's doing like live, live satellite feeds yeah. and all this stuff, and and he comes over and he's getting wedgies from Shawn Michaels and Triple H yeah. in China, and it's just—it's a little yeah. bit, yeah. It's, Morrow never got that kind of treatment, but he was getting it off camera. You know what I Apparently, mean? But yeah. uh, he couldn't either. He couldn't take it, or JBL just you know shouldn't have been hazing him too much. Well, because he suffers from depression, right? Something like he like say that. he suffers from depression, so he probably was, like, was taking everything a little too personally at that point in time. Yeah. But I think NXT is a good fit for him because they need to get those guys over down there, and I think Morrow's the right guy yeah. to do that. So yeah, well, I mean, they, but JBL like JBL kind of buried him on that uh, show with what's that dude Tom Rosenberg? Is that his name? Oh yeah, Peter Rosenberg. Peter Rosenberg. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And when he was like angry that uh, Ronaldo like made some bring tweet it to the table about, or whatever. Yeah, what it's called. But, like yeah. made some tweet about you know being voted some like best announcer or something like that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like he was happy about it. But JBL was pissed that he like tweeted it. Like, yeah, it's just like why? Like why does that bother you? Like why are you concerned about what Mar Ronaldo's tweeting on his own? personal Twitter about himself. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why do you care, dude? So, Mayweather McGregor. Very entertaining. Looking forward to the rematch. No, so they don't even work together anymore and JBL's still trying to bully him? That's, well, what, I it, that's what it sounds it's possible. like, man. JBL's not even working for the WWE anymore right it's now. Because like, like, it's not like you're just complaining about a, a tweet. Like, dude, you're complaining that he's happy about something. That's not... Yeah, and that's the way it was. Like, like, why? Like, because when he made that comment on that show, Bring to the Table, I think that Ronaldo, I don't think that they had stopped working together just yet. I think they were still. Oh, no, okay. it was okay. still. Yeah, they were still. That, this was like at the tail end of it because I feel like after he made those so that was comments, probably when it was, was when, the most heated. Yeah, it was when Ronaldo so, okay. kind of left. I thought. Yeah. I see. I thought this might have been a more recent thing. No, no, no. This like, was just back then, but it was like at the tail end. But it, it just to me, it just was like. Gave me insight to like JBL. It's like, dude, like you, you're being kind of petty that, oh, you're, yeah, that you're bothered like, by something super like that. Petty. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like fans for voted this like guy. Him, like why? Yeah, it's like fans are like, hey, we love Mar Ronaldo. Mar Ronaldo's like, oh man, I thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Like you guys vote me number one, and then JBL is you're you're pissed off because he tweeted it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, like you you can you can say you don't think the guy's worth anything all you want, but you know if you're really that that worried about what he's doing, like it'd be one thing if he was you know. Like if he was calling JBL out, right? Or if he was right. he was talking smack about JBL. It's like, dude, all he's doing is putting himself over, right? Like, that's what you got to do. You got to you, put yourself over because you're you're your own brand. Why, so exactly? Why why does that bother you? Like, I mean, come on. All right, yeah, maybe you thought you should have won, but you didn't. <laughs> like, if if you're not man enough to say, hey, congratulations, then don't say anything. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, just just leave it. Yeah, like, uh, whatever. I'm a fan of JBL either way. Uh, I'm sorry that he, you know, Morrow went through this, but I'm a fan of JBL. I like them both, actually, so 
Good times. But yeah, you're right. JBL, I think, is gone for he WWE is. for now. So he went yeah. uh, out to do his kind of his own thing. So yeah, which is oh, I. It's funny and ironic, right? Because it's like JBL is like this huge like charity guy with those kids over there in. Mm-hmm. Is it Bermuda or yeah. Barbados uh, or something? Barbados, yeah. Yeah, and so he's like really huge on like helping these young poor kids and all of this stuff, and yet, you know, at WWE he like bullies people. So <laughs> right. Like, as long as the kids stay out, stay out of the business. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Poops in people's yeah. bags and all this other stuff, yeah. marking out on people. That's it's great. Ah, JBL. But anyway, uh, great talk about Ma- McGregor. Uh, how much uh, we going to do? Okay, on time. Big ugly. No, we are overtime, but it's alright. We are always overtime. Exactly. Because we got to talk about the May Young Classic. And we still got to get to the interview with Sizzling oh, Stan's house. Yeah. But, um, well, I mean. We'll get there. You wouldn't be the you wouldn't be the first talk show to bump an interview. Well, this is I, I don't like I don't know how how things work, but maybe maybe if you need really need to, you break the interview up two parts. I don't know. Oh, uh, we got we got to get it. we got to throw in Stan Styles, man. It's great I, interview. I but I mean, we got to talk about this because the May Young Classic happened. Uh, what did what did you say, Corey? Earlier, you said this is the greatest women's wrestlers in the world. Yeah, man, it's the best of the best of the the world going uh, in that tournament. And uh, we got to throw a shout out to uh, Renee Michelle, who is uh, from the DC area, yes. from this area. Yep. Uh, spoiler alert: she didn't win. I no. was so disappointed. So disappointed. She was eliminated in the first round, but I gotta say they were pushing Candice Candice LeRae yeah. hard. Um, yeah, know, but so. she, man, Renee did a great job. She did. Have you guys met her? Oh yeah, I, I've met her. I've worked with her. She's awesome. Uh, she was actually in a match where uh, Trish Stratus, not Trish Stratus. Um, I'm sorry, Mickey James was uh, ended up being her tag team partner, and I and they were wrestling against uh, Angelina Love, and I can't remember who the other person was. Might have been Kennedy Brink. It might have been uh, uh, Jesse, who was in, is, it was re- one of the referees. Kennedy Brink got to throw a show. A shout Just out to the her too. First full time female referee in uh, WWE. WWE. Yeah, and uh, she did a great job in that tournament too. She she refereed in every round except for the final, which was uh, live right after SmackDown was over one day. Yeah, she's she's a great ref. Uh, she did a great job. I'm not gonna lie, I'd, I'd rather see her wrestle, but she yeah, she's a great ref. And uh, you know something about refereeing, don't you, Corey? I know a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I might have, I picked up a few things somewhere. That's good. <laughs> I've I've learned a lot more recently, but that's that's neither here nor there. You know, <laughs> hey, you know, you got to be in the right place with the right people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, kudos to that. So this was a great tournament. It was uh, sort of filmed over the period of a couple of days at the uh, performance center, and uh, they spread it out. On the WWE Network over a couple of weeks. So was they, the they uh, TNA, yeah. wasn't the finale like wasn't that live? It was. Uh, so they had SmackDown one night, and then after SmackDown, instead of having two or five live right away, they had the May Young finale, uh, which was uh, Kyrie Sane versus uh, I believe it was uh, Shayna Baszler. I believe that was her name, um, and it was a pretty good match. And uh, Kyrie Sane representing Japan actually won that tournament uh there was a lot of big names and a lot of people that you know have been through wwe before been through the developmental been through tna been through lucha uh and had come up through here um couple of notables in the tournament abby lath rachel evers uh princessa suhit uh, mercedes martinez uh, nicole savoy she that was fantastic um Candice LeRae, Maya Yim, Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane, Bianca Belair, Dakota Kai. I know I'm just rattling off names right now. But uh, they had a lot of countries represented. 
And they and same thing with the cruiserweight and same thing with the European tournament. They just let these women go. You know, they a couple of squashes here and there, but they just kind of let them go, let them work. You know, let them work in front of a camera, let them work in front of the WWE and see what happens. Because they could get a lot of signings out of this for the performance center and whatnot. Um, did you watch any of it, Big Ugly? You could. I feel like you could tell from my blank stare I, that I, know, I did I, not I would, watch any of this, which is why you just put me on blast. But no, I, I, I did. <laughs> but I mean, women's wrestling. I mean, you know, we've watched it. We've talked about it a lot on here. Do you think this is a good thing for the women's wrestling? The women's division? Absolutely. Like I have not watched. I did not watch the UK. Uh, okay. Thing tournament that they did either, but I would prefer I, to I watch this. And I didn't watch a cruiserweight one when they did either. But okay. I would prefer to watch this. Over all of that, because I like women's wrestling. I like the direction that it's going. I like the platform that they're giving them now to mm-hmm. show that, you know, hey, these women can go. So, um, yeah, man, I, I love it. Built a whole tournament and a network special around right. them, so that's pretty yeah. good. And, th- and these are women with, char- I mean, characters, too, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, this is great. Corey, talk about it. You know, any any notables, any notable matches, any notable, uh, you know, things from this tournament for you? Oh, man, it was all great. Like, it just, everything flowed so well together. Even, you know, the episodes were from match to match. Mm -hmm. It was like, it just, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't the same thing for every match, which, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, can happen when there's so many people Mm -hmm. involved in in the tournament. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's, yeah, you know, everybody's throwing punches, but that's not. Sure. You know, it just, it wasn't, like, it, it was just, it was so good. A lot of different styles. I mean, know. yeah, like, I I wish they'd, uh, they'd do what they did with the, the cruiserweights, you know, give the, the women their own show, but then I see where 205 Live ended up, and I'm like, well, maybe they shouldn't, maybe they shouldn't <laughs> push that just yet. Cause, Not yet. Because mm-hmm. 205's struggling, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we just use this to to help put uh, a few more women's matches in the uh, the main yeah yeah the, the main th- cards. The thing is, I feel like they could do exactly what you're saying, like to give them their own show. But I feel like they would have to give it the same TLC as NXT, which I don't feel like right. they have the right. capacity to do this at mm-hmm. the time. But well, they would they, have did, to, they haven't done it with two hundred five. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, because just I mean, just saying like, oh hey, we have another show, and then you just put a bunch of matches on after the audience has sat through like four hours of you know SmackDown. Exactly. Yeah, or, that, that's not good. Or bring in a you know bring in a match for uh, Raw. Right. But then it's the same match for like two months in a row. Yeah. Like, well, not the same match, but it's the same two guys mm-hmm. all the time. And it's like, yep. guys, come on. You got to show them that there's more to 205 than just these two guys. Yep, a- exactly. And I mean, I think that they've hit some kind of a stride with Enzo Amore, <coughs> but I don't think it's going to last. And one of the like really guys, like, why are you putting your your championship match on Raw? Like, I know you want people to see the best of what your show has to offer, but mm-hmm. like, you know, pull pull a little trick from uh old WCW days and you know give us a, a six man tag you know don't it doesn't have to fit in the story mm-hmm. on 205 live uh but if you can make if you if you think it managed to do that that'd probably be better it would help draw you in a little more but just you know six man tag it, it displays more people in you know just about the same amount of time mm-hmm 
But it's it, and it doesn't get as stale as quick. Sure. You know what they need for the cruiserweights? They need more luchadors. What made WCW's era of cruiserweights the best was the fact that they had so many luchadors. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say luchadors, you mean the masked wrestlers, or you want to see flips? Because WWE's not big on flips. Flips. <laughs> I was talking about flips. You get one or two every now and again, yeah. but uh, you don't get a lot of that. Now, during the Cruiserweight Classic, when these guys only had one or two matches to perform on that platform, they were letting them go all out. They were flipping all over the place. You would have liked the Cruiserweight Classic, I yeah, think. When they didn't they think they, when they didn't, but that was before they, they thought they were going to need them week, on a week-to-week basis. Right. So, I mean, I, when you guys, and this is talking about longevity again, you can't have these guys flipping all over the place. You know, they barely want uh, Neville doing the red arrow. He doesn't even do that every match now. He used to, which is that inverted, like, 720 yeah. flip that he does. Oh, was that the reason? I thought he I thought he changed it because it was too much of, like, a face finisher, so he wanted to do something like... That's the story him. that they'll give you. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, he's got a fa- he's got a submission hold now. Right. The, the rest of Saturn or whatever. I mean, I mean you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right because I thought that to myself. Like, can't keep that up forever. Uh uh-uh. Like, you know, I mean, I, I'm looking at Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's, you know, Swanton Bomb don't even look like it used to. Like, no. he barely gets his body over the person now. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah. well, look at what he's put his body through yeah. over his entire career. Some, you know? some of them are now are nowadays are better than others, but he's not jumping off the stage anymore. Yeah. No. Thank God. Him and Matt are now at a place where they don't have to do any kind of high-impact, you know, TLC ladder matches, even though that's how they came back in a ladder As entertaining as that that nonsense is from a fan's perspective, it's just just so unsafe. Mm Mm-hmm. And but it's entertaining for like five seconds because you you know do you want to remember a match for the story that it told or do you want to remember oh my God these guys flipped and jumped and then you remember nothing else you know what I'm saying it's it's hard that, that it's and yeah if you're gonna jump off the uh, off the set man your match needs to tell the story that that that's what you had to do mm-hmm. like like you, you either know, had to do that to put your opponent away or you had to do that to. Uh, yeah, like end this whole the whole feud. match needs to build to that. You can't just you can't just new jacket where you, you know you, just, <laughs> you do it and you move on and it's you know it's just somewhere mid match like that's not that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. New Jack, by the way, uh, Big Ugly came out basically in the mid to late nineties. They would play his uh, theme music, which uh, I believe it was Dr. Dre, you know, Natural Born Killers or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they would actually play the song all the way through, and he would come out with a trash bag or a trash can full of garbage and beat the crap out of people. Um, that's <laughs> what he did. You know what I mean? He barely took any bumps or whatever, but, I mean, he would jump off some stuff, you know, go yeah. 20, 30 feet up into the crowd and jump off something just because that's what he did. Um that's what New Jack was. And I, I, I got to tell you, I was entertained watching New Jack, but it was the same thing all the time, yeah. every time. And, you know, he's now a broken down man, you know, because he had, because that's what yeah. he did. But he, you got to watch Beyond the Met, too, you know, the uh, documentary that was put did, yeah, 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 He was yeah. part of that. Oh, okay. I don't remember his part. I remember Jake the Snake and uh, oh, yeah. the two guys that were trying to get contracts. And then um, the Mankind match. Wasn't, one oh, of those, yeah. wasn't Christopher Daniels one of those two guys? Uh, or was that something else? No, that was something else. Something else. Right. Yeah, the the two guys were um, one of them was Mike Modest, and the other one was I can't remember the other guy's name, but um, Mike Modest looked like uh, damn, what the hell was his name? One of the uh, no, I can't remember. Crash Holly. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was. Yeah, yeah. They, well, yeah, they'd made that comparison in the in the movie. So mm-hmm. Like he's, 
Unfortunately, he's too big to be a cruiserweight, but he's too little to be a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beyond the Mat. That's something to go back. We should review that sometime. We should. That's yeah, a that great was, documentary. That was good. That was. And that came out before like all of that behind the curtain Terry wrestling Funk stuff. Had a, had a decent part in that. He too. sure did. Yeah, he did. Terry Funk is still wrestling, by God. He's seventy some years old, and and once a year he teams up with his with his dad. Uh, well, not his dad. His dad. He's dad. Dad. Dory Funk Jr.'s brother. And they go out and then they wrestle. And T- Terry Funk still wrestles. Oh my God, he's retired like fifteen times so far. Dude, hey, like, sidebar real quick, man. Sidebar. What, what you guys think about Flair, man? It was looking pretty bad for him for a minute. He's getting better. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty bad. Um, Flair, Flair was almost out of it, and, and they actually did recognize that. Charlotte came on TV uh, earlier this week and actually recognized the Dad getting better and everything like that. And they used it to fuel a storyline with Charlotte. Which is smart. I'm sure that's what he would want. I'm sure. Yeah. That's the same thing with Paul Bearer. When Paul Bearer died, they still used his death to fuel the storyline between CM Punk and The Undertaker. I don't know. I, what, what actually happened to Flair? I, just, I, I knew he was in the hospital. He needed some surgery or something. Yeah, and then his organs just started shutting down. I'm on Google. Well, I mean, you know, he has drank a lot of alcohol over the years. Yeah, because so I think it started off with, like, his colon, right? He was getting something down with his... Was it colon? I don't remember. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then I think after that, like... His, yeah, his organs just kind of start failing on him, but I mean, they were able to get him back. He's lost like a lot of weight because when we put that video on, he's got like, yeah. a picture with Charles Barkley. He's under 200 now. Yeah, he's like looking frail. It was I like, like the uh, where he he shot that video thanking his fans for asking about him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like, like you saw that, right? I didn't see, I saw that saw he it. made a video. Saw is, that with the, the, the new shirt it, that they got out. That's is it just out. me, or was that like the hospital? Like, can you please? do this so that your fans will, will stop tying <laughs> up our phone line. It could have been. It's like we're, we're missing emergency yeah. calls because peop- so many people are calling <laughs> asking about you. Yeah. Rick <laughs> Flair. Sure Rick Flair is still alive. Check this out. On uh, Three days ago online, Rick Flair um, <coughs> on, on the men from the health scare vows to never drink again. That man... I, I feel like at his age... That shouldn't be an issue anymore. Like, he should have already been done with that. Yeah. yeah. Especially as many as many parties as he had, like, dude. Yeah, the legendary stories, especially him in Baltimore being uh, Flair Country even a long time ago. Oh man, twenty five thousand dollar bar tabs down. You heard the story about the the Marriott mm-hmm. uh, room service bringing him champagne like four thirty in the morning when our bars close at two. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's that. That's that nature boy moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flair, 68, was brought to the hospital for severe abdominal pain, had surgery to clear out the intestinal blockage after he was placed in a medically induced coma. And uh, multiple failing organs was also medically what they talked about. Um, he, he well, cries. It sounds better than what you described. Oh, it's true. I mean, I'm reading an insane post I mean, here. if it's blocked, but if, you're, if it's blocked, they're going to shut down because they can't keep you know right, throwing yeah. stuff yeah, on that yeah. blockage so but he's doing better though he uh he had an air, airplane crash back in 1976 i think it was where he actually broke his back and he was one of the two survivors of a plane that had six people in it yeah it's hard to keep him down yeah oh my god and uh, he he came back to wrestling a year after that when they told him he might never even walk again wow it's incredible i never knew that wow yeah yeah Check that out He's been through some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you ever notice, anytime Ric Flair takes a bump, he always takes it kind of to the side. That's why right. he can't take a full back bump. He never could. Oh, okay. Not after that plane crash. But, dude, yeah, like Corey's just said, he's been through some stuff. 
But he's uh, he's doing okay. He's doing better. Good. Um, I'd like to see him come back on WWE TV. Um, yeah, he'll come back. You know, just under two hundred pounds or whatever. But Flair being Flair, you yeah, know, no, living it's, life. It's good. I mean, I th- I feel like we're at the point, or well, not us, because you know we're not doing anything, but sitting here talking about it. Yeah, man. Uh, I feel, but that's dirty ugly wrestling. Like, I feel like Charlotte's now at the point where she's established herself enough Absolutely. as her own person. That it wouldn't, that, you know, that her dad managing her wouldn't overshadow her. Oh, yeah. Like, as if long anything, as, she'd be getting him over. Yeah, as long as it's more of a, you know, I'm hanging out here for support. I'm not stealing your mic time. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, and, you know, it's not, they're not going to have him beating up her opponents. So, no. if, yeah, he, no. if he interferes, it's going to be like a foot trip or something like that. Yeah, yeah but he'll get busted open, though, because Flair bleeds all the time. Or he'll, so, yeah, <laughs> or he'll pull, pull somebody out of the ring. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of old guys. Which would probably be the referee, you know. Right, yeah. His referee, yeah. Little Nate. <laughs> Charles Robinson. That's I'm, right. I don't know if you've noticed, but he seems to to referee most of Charlotte's matches. Yeah. Absolutely. Little Nate. They talked about that recently on the WWE Network, how a lot of um, a lot of workers, you know, prefer to work with their own, you know, the referees that they work with. And you'll see that a lot of times. Those same referees work with the same people. Yeah, right. I, know, so. I know I've been requested. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's always a good feeling. Me too. Uh, you know, as I, I aspired to come up as a referee, I got requested by a couple people too to referee and everything. Yeah. Just so it that's, was a pretty good. I guess well, I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. yeah, but you were gonna yeah, say uh, old people. What were you gonna mention? Oh, I'm just gonna ask people? if Hogan's coming back. Right? <laughs> Hogan's. I mean, he's in all and the videos now. That? They're in the vignettes. They mention mention his name every now and again. So it's just a matter of him being an ambassador for the company. He'll come back. For the New Orleans uh, Silver Dome or whatever they call it, Superdome. So you think he'll be at WrestleMania? Absolutely. Oh man, that's great. Absolutely. He'll you be think at WrestleMania? Do you think he'll drop the end bomb? <laughs> Not on camera. <laughs> Not live. Unless, on unless, network. unless it says network, that's the end bomb we're talking about. Uh, network. Yeah. He might drop that yeah. one, but I don't <laughs> think he's going to drop the other one. But. Um, I tell you what, we have gone definitely over our time here. We still got an interview to get to. We thank you for hanging with us for sizzling Stan Styles. The interview coming up, but uh, let's get some final thoughts. Oh, I had one more note. Nikki Bella's on Dancing with the Stars. Hooray! Hey, moving on. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I said I had a note. That's right there. It's right at the end. So it's been a pretty good <laughs> podcast. We we love right, talking with Corey Berger. Yeah. Corey, uh, uh, give us some final thoughts on your podcast experience here today. Oh man, I I love coming over uh for well i mean it's nice to be in such a a big mansion right 27 rooms as opposed to big ugly 30 but you know it's also it's also it's fun to do this uh little podcast thing well we appreciate you coming we get to just talk talk wrestling and a few other things yeah like women and, or women's <laughs> and kind of boxing matches more more spectacle than boxing but yeah. it, was, it was still good yeah, and we appreciate you coming out and being such a big fan and, and sharing the podcast as well and, and, you know, liking the posts and commenting and everything. We appreciate you so much. Thanks, Corey. Uh, well, I do I do enjoy listening, so. Absolutely. We enjoy putting them out there for you. B-E-R-G-E-R. Go buy the cookies. And you can buy them September 30th in Joppa, Maryland at MCW's, uh, was it Legends? Uh, what's it called? Leg- Tribute to the Legends. Thank you. Tribute to the Legends. It's where an you- all-day convention, and then there's a show afterwards. There you go. And uh, one of the biggest names in that convention, Goldberg. So we get to meet Goldberg. Uh, you can uh, buy a meet-and-greet 
pass. Oh. You get your picture taken yeah. and stuff with um I don't I'm not I don't I'm not in charge of the finances. So yeah. I I don't even know offhand how much that is, but uh, I imagine it's not cheap because yeah. of all the it's things Goldberg. all the things he's done. Yeah, I mean he's, <laughs> a, he's an NFL player and you know, world champion and Dude, no Universal one. champion. He's, yeah. he's done a lot. I feel like Goldberg would like to think that people care about his NFL career. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like he just hasn't come to grips with that no I one know, cares I, about I actually, I actually looked up the Falcons, uh, and their first trip to the Super Bowl was in 1998, which, as we all know, he was already wrestling at that yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, he he talks about his football career as if you know it was like this illustrious career. And then it it's made like, an impact. Hey, yeah, really and, then, and then it's like, oh, and then I went to wrestling on the side, and it's like everybody knows you as Goldberg the wrestler. Like, dude, like, you <laughs> you played football for a little bit, and that got you into wrestling, where you became a huge star. Right. That's that's how your story really goes. Yeah. I know you want to tell it the other way. That's not <laughs> yeah, how it goes. Right. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one that sees that. No, like, okay. yeah, because I'm sure like, a lot yeah, of people see it that way. The yeah. NFL did not get you your role in that that god awful Universal Soldier movie. Right, uh, right, yeah. It, so, was, it was wrestling. It, yeah. yeah, it was it was yeah. wrestling that got you into Looney Tunes. And ready to rumble. Ready to rumble. Right? Ready to rumble. Yeah. Well, that, that's rumble. obviously right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I'm so. Fu- I will watch that movie every time it comes on. Yeah, it was like, dude, where's my car? Meets wrestling. There yeah. you go. Yeah. It was. It was good. That's exactly right. Big ugly. How'd you feel about this podcast? Today? Oh man, I love this podcast. Always love uh, chatting it up with Corey Burger and right. eating these good old burger cookies. Burger cookies. Yeah. What did I say? Burger. Anyway, I got a weird accent. So, (laughs) (laughs) you must be from overseas. Right. WWE put a title on you if you got a weird accent. (laughs) Make me a king. And make you a king. That's right. King of it. But I always chatting it up. Come on, man. Yeah. We can do it. King Ugly. Yeah. I'll, so, I'll be in your court. This, is, <laughs> this has been good, man. It's, it's been, been a fun good. podcast. Yeah, listen listen up. Uh, you know, keep, keep, it, keep it right here for the interview with Sizzling Stan Styles. And next time we come back on this version of the podcast, we'll have Jam and Jason again. We'll talk about the No Mercy review. We'll talk about the Hell in the Cell preview and uh, whatever else might be going on in the world of professional wrestling and whatever else. And we got to review another movie. We've been talking about what, what's next to review. Yeah. Yeah, man, I think I'm going to go see the uh, Kingsman ah. tonight or tomorrow. Okay. So, might get that. And then if something else big comes out before then, I'll try. I just started watching Narcos. I'm late to the party. So, I don't even. I, I shouldn't even review that because everybody's been watching Narcos. I haven't watched it. I tried watching it. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, when I tried watching it, my uh, my Netflix, the subtitles were... They weren't loaded. They, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. You definitely need that for when they start. Yeah. I was like, yeah. guys, come on. Yeah. Because that's about how far I made it. Right. Because, you know, when they're speaking English, I didn't need the subtitles. It goes into Spanish. And it's like, I... You know, I took Spanish, but I don't know Spanish. Yeah, so yeah and of I, course, they're just speaking it all fast. You know, it's all regular. So yeah, yeah, and I'm getting, like, uh, you know, two letters. And right. Then, and then there's three letters. And it's yeah. like, well, I guess I'm not watching this right. tonight. And I just, I just never went back so, to oh, it. I guess they're talking about drugs. Right. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we could talk about Glow. Glow? Ladies of Wrestling. Yeah, that's on that's on Netflix. You know, I think you did mention that. I still need to, yeah, you need to check, check that, that out. out. It, was, yeah, it was too sexist for me. Why? I just, I had it's the gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. What well, do you yeah, I know, and I know, how, I know how things went in the 80s, and I know, yeah, I know that it's not, it's a, you know, it's a show about, how things you know the things that went on back mm-hmm. then it's just I, 
Yeah, I, I couldn't get into it. So this is a fictional show about what used to happen during the time period of women's wrestling in the but 80s. Yeah, kind of. Okay. I mean, I'm sure... They're, they're There's a little bit of truth, turned, I'm sure. That yeah, that are turned up, and there are parts yeah, that they've turned down. But it is based yeah. upon the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, which was a yeah. Glow was an actual that was legit organization. Yeah, oh, with okay. a lot it was on of television. very very tough women. Got you. Okay, right. but it was more sensationalized with this Netflix because you know if you're watching it in 2017 as opposed to if you're watching it to 1985 or whenever it was on you know right. you got to build it up for Netflix and I thought it was a pretty entertaining show a lot of good characters on there I was really excited because I thought that they were bringing Glow back you mean for real like yeah. bringing Glow back I okay. was like oh Netflix is that's that's a good idea no no we're just making a show about it mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm it's better person. than nothing I guess uh, the check rock, it out the rock show um, whenever they finally put that into production you know his show that he's going to put out about you know WWE and his time there well it's okay. not it's not going to be specifically about WWE but it's going to be a show based around wrestling locker room culture and being yeah. in the business so that's good yeah well, that'd be interesting to see how realistic that is. Right, right, right from his perspective. Right, right, exactly from <laughs> The Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you ever watch Ballers on HBO? That's a good one. That's a, T- yeah, talking yeah. about The Rock. That's yeah. a good show. I, I like Ballers. Yeah, yeah. That's a show. I let it build up. I let it record a few, and then I'll then I'll watch. That's good because you only yeah. get twenty five minutes at a pop, and you feel like you need more of that. show. Exactly. Yeah. So it I let feels it like it needs up. to be an hour. Yeah. I, I actually, I don't even have HBO. You should check it out, like on HBO Live or something or online. HBO Go. Yeah. Baller. HBO Go. Right. Yeah. Ballers. It's pretty it, good. It's yeah, I still gotta pay football. for that. Yeah. <laughs> you can check it out at a friend's house. Like everybody's <laughs> like, "Hey, watch these HBO shows are great," and I'm like, "I'm not gonna pay for a subscription to HBO because these shows might be good." So I'm guessing you're not a Game of Thrones fan. I, I can, you know, I'm not even really into the style of Game of Thrones. Right, yeah, yeah, like fantasy, medieval yeah. time stuff. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. I did watch the dragon scene though because somebody put a Nine Inch Nails song over it. So that, was, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, now wait a minute, Nine Inch Nails, I've big heard, ugly. I've heard of him. Okay, yeah. I was about to say Billy Joel, yeah. no, but Nine Inch Nails, you've heard of him. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's also. I guarantee you, he's heard Nine Inch. Yeah. Nails. We all have. I love I've Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not as you. Twin Peaks. No, because uh, oh, remember that show. Wasn't that what? Uh, oh, a new Fine Dago was there's a new one. There's a new version. Yeah, yeah. there's a new version. Yeah. Nine, Nine Inch Nails performed on that. Ah, but then he's, he did a lot of soundtracks too. Like okay, Gone yeah. Girl, Social Network. So oh, for real, right? The, uh, the Vietnam War documentary. It's on PBS, oh, which shit. is actually it's really good. For real, yeah, you should right. check that out. I have to um, check that out. I'm putting over PBS I love documentaries. Now. Yeah. Public broadcasting. PBS do some good documentaries. Like they've, I think yeah, they've done they like World War II documentaries. Like they don't have, yeah, they, they don't Black have Panther the funding one. to right. let everybody know <laughs> when these awesome documentaries. Yeah. Are That's who out, you need so. to promote. You know, support. You know, you got money to put out there for burger cookies, but you got money to put out the PBS so you can get you know more. Oh yeah, I donate to PBS and I and I buy their products. I mean Sesame Street. You know, we all grew up on Hell that. Hell yeah, how, Sesame Street. How can you turn away from Sesame Street? Uh, although Sesame Street does all right, no matter what the the case of public <laughs> yeah. television is in, yeah, Sesame fine. Street will go. We'll pull through that. So yeah. I enjoyed Snuffleupagus. He was my favorite. Snuffy, <laughs> oh my god, that big elephant, like yeah. brown looking thing. Yeah, I I only knew about the Vietnam uh, War thing because Trent Reznor did the soundtrack. So oh. That's Nine Inch Nails reference. Yeah, he's yeah he's the mastermind behind Nine Inch That's Nails. That's right. All right. 
Gotta enjoy it. So go listen to Nine Inch Nails. Go do that. And uh, hang on for the next part of this podcast so you can listen to Sizzling Stan Styles talk about the shake weight and the whipped cream sex machine. Uh, and yeah, that should be interesting to hear. It, it, yeah, so many innuendos. Um, you know, getting in and out of the business, coming soon. There's so many innuendos. But anyway, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Check out all the archived episodes. Leave us comments. Leave us likes. And, Corey, thank you so much for joining us here at the Cor- uh, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Well, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Big Ugly, what you got for us to take us out to the next segment? Yeah. Wait. We gotta, we, we're got we not going to sign off. We can't. We haven't done that yet because oh, we, we got the next podcast. But yeah. All right. I'll save that first. So let's rewind that. All right. Come on. <laughs> all right. So... <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we're not going to sign off yet because we want you to listen to the next part you of the can't podcast. You just edit but that out in like post-production <laughs> or pre-production. Yeah, but then you don't hear the outtakes. Yeah. I mean, I could I could have. I guess it's more out. real if you leave yeah, it in. Yeah, just leave it in. All right, Big Ugly, I'll give it to yeah. you to send it off to the next segment. Three, two, one. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Got me all excited. I was about to do it, too. Wait, are we doing, are we doing a deuces or I was thinking we're going deuces, but we're not done with this podcast yet. Oh well, yeah, the deuces is the. So we're not do, so we're not do. doing deuces. Well, let's do not do deuces. So what what are you going to say to take us in? Then what are we doing? Just <laughs> going. People are still listening right to the Sizzling Stand Styles podcast. I think come on, we're going into the interview. Yeah, oh, we're going yeah, into the going interview. Into interview. When um, we come back. Yeah. So uh, listen up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. just play some Nine Inch Nails for him. Yes. There we go. Find the Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Put it in here and then. Come back with sizzling nails. Sedan styles. You. You. We are back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. Big Ugly's out there doing promotional stuff again for the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, doing movie reviews, TV reviews, all kinds of different stuff. But we have a very special guest. He's very special. He's hot. I would say he's sizzling hot. That's what I would say. Um, He is a very special guest to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. He is a professional wrestler. He has a physique like no other. I'm going to introduce him just like I did in SWO Pro Wrestling. He is sizzling. One pair of pants comes off. Stan, another pair of pants comes off. Styles, sizzling. Stan Styles on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling. Welcome, Stan. Did you enjoy that? Did I do that almost as well as I did when you took off three pairs of pants in the ring the last time I announced you? Yes, you did perfect. Got it right on the button. <laughs> Thank you so much. And that that is uh, that is a lot of fun. I got to say, you have a fantastic presence, and we're going to go over a lot of different things. You represent Susquehanna, Susquehanna Wrestling Organization, the SWO, and you represent a lot of other professional wrestling organizations. Why don't you tell us a little bit, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling listeners, about Sizzling Stan Styles? Yeah, uh, I just actually got finished training legs, and legs are important for you. know <laughs> That's right. And I'm, I'm actually drinking a, a protein shake because protein's good for you. And uh, the girls know I got plenty of protein and uh, whipped cream for their males. <laughs> oh, uh, <my>. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! It's actually a green tea protein shake. Mm, green tea, it's like you know, oh, the Asian girls. Oh, we'll get to those later. <laughs> hashtag, yellow, hashtag yellow fever. 
But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I wrestled so many, so many different wrestling companies. Uh, Susquehanna uh, wrestling organization is a big word. It is. I'm a big shake weight too, but that's a big word. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about the shake weight. Don't worry. Oh yeah, last weekend I actually debuted for Rampage Pro Wrestling in Dover, Delaware. That was that was awesome. Uh, also, I've been uh, also debuted uh, a couple weeks ago for PWX uh, Fight Society, and um, I believe it's uh, I don't want to butcher it. I know it's near Pittsburgh. It's like uh, uh, New Kingsport, something like that. Okay, so, somewhere. Uh, yeah, People look it, look it up. Uh, awesome, awesome company. Really, really good. A lot of fun. Uh, SCWA in uh, Glendale, West Virginia also. Wow. Uh, Capital Wrestling. Now it's in Hoboken. And one head tag team champs up there with Bobby Shields. Beautiful Bobby Shields. Yeah, beautiful Bobby Shields and Stealing Stan Styles. Wow. Luxury Muscles Incorporated. Yeah. <laughs> um, also going to be uh, at Eclipse Wrestling uh, in November. So that um, and that's also in um, well that's in Alcina, Pennsylvania. So all over, all over, I'm you know get to spread my uh, <laughs> my fun and excitement to uh, all my fans and everyone who wants to come out and see me. Wow, and, and you're definitely. So <laughs> Absolutely. You you push the envelope. This I've always known about you. I've I've worked with you over the years as a referee and a ring announcer, and I got to work with you again um, last time in SWO at the Summer Series 2. Uh, we're going to talk about an upcoming SWO event, but what I have noticed is that Sizzling Stan Styles takes it right to the edge of the envelope and actually goes beyond. Uh, I want to yeah. talk about <laughs> beyond, right, it, it basically over the top. Uh, uh, but it's great because it's a presence like none other, especially in this business where you have to project a presence like none other to be remembered, to be recognized. You And, man, okay. So let, let's talk a little bit about Sizzling Stan Styles of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling. So there is the shake weight. And if you're not yeah. familiar with the shake weight, uh, go, go ahead and explain that real quick. Well, I actually have it with me at all times right now. Um, my shake weight pretty much is, you know, it's become a part of me. Um, it's 13 inches. It's uh, huge. Oh, God. Uh, three and a half pounds. Um, it's a lethal weapon, and I use it to my advantage. Um, a lot of people now uh, ask me, you know, the shake weight that you, uh, my sizzling body, and I said, yes, it has, because I shake that thing in the morning when I first wake up. I shake it in the afternoon. I'll shake it... Um, after my uh, my dinner, hell, I'm shaking it right now. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> this is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. So okay, I understand that. It's it's dirty, yeah. definitely. I don't think it, it's definitely not ugly. It's dirty, but that's okay. So the shake weight for those that are not familiar, it's sort of like a would you call it a barbell or a dumbbell? What would you describe this as? It's it's, it's the uh, greatest innovation in um, bodybuilding. Okay. And And out of the gym, right? In and out of the gym, um, got me my physique, got me um, where I'm at. So the shake weight pretty much is almost now my source of power. It's like my everything. And of course, you know, top it off with some whipped cream. Cause, you know, 
who doesn't love whipped cream? Unless you're lactose intolerant, but eh, you know, who doesn't love the whipped cream? Mm. <laughs> and you are the whipped cream sex machine. Am I right about that? Mm. Yes, I am the shake weight supreme whipped cream sex machine. The, That's right. This is the dirtiest, dirty, dirty ugly wrestling yeah. podcast ever. Let me tell you what. Um, so, so the shake weight. I saw you now. Explain this to me. You had a match, SWO Summer Series Two, against Prince Piranha. He is the king of the castle in SWO, which is basically very similar to a Money in the Bank situation, where he can cash it in any time and you know win a championship or, or do something like that. Now, you didn't quite do what you wanted to do at SWO Summer Series 2. So you guys have another match coming up at the Susquehanna uh, Susquehanna Cup, actually, the SWO Cup, coming up on September 30th in Red Lion, Pennsylvania for SWO. You face Prince Piranha once again. Do you have a different strategy? Will the second shake weight make an appearance? I think I saw two of them. I don't know. I could be wrong about this. My eyes could have been deceiving me, but I think I saw two of them. Will you have a different strategy this time i have a, a plethora of shake weights that shake weight innovative maneuvers that i still can bust out at any time bust out <laughs> that's right <laughs> but um I don't, you know what it's funny that you even said that because i didn't even know how that case was when he came out there i didn't know what it is and uh, explain to me first before i answer your question what is, what is it for is it a grand a title match that, that's what I, you know, see, coming back into the SWO, uh, just as I recently did, he, he is the king of the castle, so he must have won this in a, in a match or a tournament somewhere, and he may have the opportunity to, to wrestle for a championship or, or the Susquehanna Cup itself. That may be something on Prince Prana. I don't know exactly what it is, but it definitely gives him one up on you at this point, but you could... You could win this, theoretically. You could take this from him. You could be the next contender for the King of the Castle or a championship. Well, first of all, I don't think there's no castles in this Wuhan. And I, cause you, if you saw them, <laughs> I don't see no castles. And if there wasn't any castles, I'll be, you know, that's right, those spare maidens. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but but I, I'm assuming it's for a title. Um, hell, I don't understand why I'm even facing this, 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 this joker again, this bozo. Cause I beat him. I beat him fair square. And somehow he... Wait a minute! Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Fair and square, Stan. Oh yeah, right down the middle. You, you saw it right in the middle, ring. You know, one, two, three. I beat him, and I should, I shouldn't even, I should be in this whole tour. Oh, I should be, I should be, you know, the SWO uh, in line to the uh, SWO championship. You know, I, I've been uh, wrestling almost eight years. It'll be February, eight years, and I don't see why Sizzling Stan Styles who puts the butts in the seats. These women are coming to see me. They're hitting me up on my Facebook. I'm like, oh, I need a signature because I, I wake up in the morning, you know, after, you know, shaking that shake when, and, you know, that's right. <laughs> and I'll have at least like 15 messages, and they're like, oh, stay installed. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I, I need a secretary to, you know, to plan out my day. But back to the question at hand, I don't know what this, this uh, thing of the castle, whatever the hell this thing is, but, you know, if it's going to grant me, it's going to give me a better opportunity. At SWO, I won it. So hopefully this rematch here should be for that. And I'm going to beat Mr. Piranha again. And I saw a little promo. I don't even, I didn't know if Fish could talk. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll do a promo. Maybe I'll do a promo and, uh, you know, put him in his place. Maybe you will. I did see that uh, promo on his Facebook, actually. It's Prince Piranha, if you check that out. Uh, you're going to see what he has to say about sizzling Stan Styles, And uh, you could retaliate with a promo of your own. 
So I'm pretty excited about Saturday, September 30th in Red Lion, Pennsylvania. Check out Susquehanna. That is a big word. Susquehanna Wrestling Organization on Facebook. Give them a like. Go to the event. Like the event. Join the event. Follow the event and be there. Uh, doors open at 6 p.m. Bell time is 7.30 p.m. Now, you say clean, down the middle, in the middle of the ring. There was a shake weight involved. There may have been two. There was whipped cream involved. And as I said, I've worked with you before, but, man, as far as pushing the envelope, um, you know, there was a there was a point in the match where, where the shake weight um, basically was – hurt or at least was being hurt uh i believe bitten uh at one point in time and it looked like it hurt it hurt very very much and, uh, and you know what it took me a long time to recover from that I, I couldn't even i couldn't even get up to do my facial facial i had to close my eyes and think of all my couple hundreds of a week and if you didn't see people if you didn't see my head of the week you can go on my facebook uh simply fan style every wednesday i do my high of the week and i think of them so i can I can pretty much, you know, blast off. But <laughs> you know, I, didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have to use the facial. But I got him. Schoolboy, one, two, three. People are saying that, oh, I might have, I might have hooked the trunks, or I did this, or did that. And you know, it's just a figment of, of their imagination. Or hell, maybe, maybe this, this Prince Brownie smart and was funny. Maybe, maybe he edited or something where, you know, he, he, uh, you know, technology is in 2017. He might have clipped something where, oh, look what, what Stan did, you know, just to get his way. But it doesn't matter because September 30th, SWO in Red Line, Pennsylvania, I'll beat him again, and I'll take that, that team of the castle, and whatever that is, maybe I'll open it up, and, you know, maybe, maybe like, a beautiful girl come out, maybe a blind <laughs> or a brunette, or maybe an Asian girl come out. Oh, maybe, maybe that's the prize. <laughs> Sounds like you don't uh, you don't discriminate when it comes to you know there's blondes there's brunettes there's there's Asians there's Canadians you know there there's a lot of different you know. Well, yeah, I can see them from two times. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, it's so dirty! It is so dirty. Um, let, let, let's um, let's circle back a little bit i want to talk about your physique now you you do have a facebook you do have an instagram um you are in and and we will get to that uh, it you you're in very very good shape uh you have you have the muscle muscles you have the definition uh you you're definitely in shape you have the cardio what how was it to get to that point was it just a matter of the diet was it a matter of the working out the strength training the cardio the shake weight tell tell us how you become sizzling like yourself i just actually spilled some protein all over my my shoulder. oh my god <laughs> That's a shoot, folks. That's a shoot. Wait a minute. We're not talking about shooting. Oh, my God. I just set myself up for that. It's all right. I'll clean it up a little later. Oh. But, like I said, I've been in the gym almost since 
drive it and they can, you know, they can you know, see, see the, the girth in the, the 13 inches safely. Oh. But uh, anyway, yeah, I've been missing him all the time. Um, I, I, I do the low carb, not crazy low carb, but, but low enough. Probably, probably um, 125 to 150 grams of carbs um, a day is only I really take in, if that sometimes. Wow. Um, low on fat, lots of protein. Like I said, this is the greasy protein I've been having in my school. Absolutely. So I don't, I try to watch my joints now. I don't go crazy on squats and, you know, bench pressing. It's mostly a lot. I do a lot of body weight stuff too, like pull up, push up. Um, honestly, if I showed people my workout, it's very, very intense. I'm a very intense individual. Um, some of my uh, workouts, or um, I should say my exercises, are a little unorthodox. I'm pretty unorthodox too. <laughs> That's right. But, um, yeah, it's, it's very intense. We get in and get it. I get in and get out. And then I'll go home. I'll eat a good meal, chicken, rice, vegetables, or uh, salmon, or salmon and rice. And then, you know, a couple of rounds of shake weight. And I'm cool. <laughs> well, I should say I'm sizzling. <laughs> you, you, you are. You're, you're sizzling. That, that's true. So, I mean, it's got to have a lot of dedication. I can imagine what you just said, your intensity as far as being a performer in the ring, I gotta imagine you live your, you know, life and working out and everything with that same type of intensity. And you did mention something about your body, uh, not doing a lot as far as the joints because, you know, wrestlers, and, and you know, we throw this out here a lot, you know, wrestlers go through a lot, they take a lot of bumps. Um, that's Big Ugly's best question. You know, my partner, Big Ugly, he always loves this question. Tell us about the first time you ever took a bump. Did it hurt? Did you like it? Did you want more? Were you like, screw this, I'm done? Uh, when you first got into the business, uh, talk about that first bump and how you got into the uh, pro wrestling business. My, my very first bump um, didn't hurt. Uh, I felt it, but it didn't. Uh, it was more um, like uh, the breath was taken out of me. I didn't have my breathing down right at the time. Knock the wind out of yourself. We hear that a lot, yeah. I had the wind knocked out of me a little bit, and I was like, oh, wow. Um, and it, I didn't feel like, you know, oh, shit, my, my back is shit. Like, right. But um, I, it was like, whoa, okay, that's what it feels like. Okay. Um, no, it didn't It didn't hurt at all. Um, then once I got my uh, the breathing down, uh, after multiple bumps, that's when, you know, I was, my back was sore and, you know, the first day of training, you're like, oh my God, is this for me? But, right. uh, my back, my back, I woke up, my back was, was, was hella sore and I was like, yeah, I definitely want this more. Like, is this what it is? You know, bring it on. And, you know, it's just very dedication. You, you gotta, you gotta want this. And I tell everyone, cause there's a lot of people who ask me, um, especially females now, cause the female, um, the women's revolution of wrestling has gotten so big over the years. Right. Uh, they want to be a pro wrestler, and I said it's not for everybody because you need to know that your body's on the line. You have to. There's a lot of miles on the road, and there's a lot of dedication. And if you can't do that, you know, you're better off, you know, staying on the other side of the guardrail. Yeah. Watching us perform, you know, because it's 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 very it's hard. It, I'm, I'll tell you this all right now. I'm not gonna yes, it, wrestling professional wrestling is, is hard, and it's not for everybody. 
That's true. It it is challenging. I mean, I I've gone through it myself. You know, definitely not to the to the intensities that you guys uh, you performers yeah. have, but you know, uh, I went through it, and it the wrestling part of it definitely wasn't for me. I found my niche in you know commentating or refereeing or even ring announcing things like that. But uh, you know, you you said you've been doing this about eight years. Um, oh, it's gonna be eight years at the end of February. It will be eight years, and I look back and I'm like, well, Chris. I mean, I only, it's like, oh, it's only eight years, but it feels longer. I don't know what it is. I think a lot of other professional wrestling things, they'll be like, oh, I'm only for like six years, but I feel longer. Because, you know, the miles, the, the states you, you know, you travel, the right. matches, you know, the, the toll on your body. Well, it's also how you spend those eight years. I mean, some, some, depending on the performer that you are, you know, you could be taking a lot of high risks and a lot of, you know, high spots and things like that. But with you, it's more, I mean, you definitely have the intensity when you're, you're, you're uh, taking your bumps, when you're selling, when you're, when you're on the offense, but you, you do it smartly, I would think. You know, as I've seen you as a performer, you're not out there doing, you know, 720 backflips and things like that. You're not jumping over the apron to the floor or into the crowd, not this hardcore style. Basically, it's more of your personality that's out there, and you, you got that for miles. You could go three hours with the personality in the ring, but you break it all into 10 or 15 minutes or however long you're in the ring, and you're telling a story. i got to say, that that's a great part of it. Do you see yourself with the longevity because of the character that you have and because of the personality that you have as opposed to all the crazy bumps that you may take. Yeah, you, you said it, absolutely. I feel I can go 10 more years, 20 more years. Uh, the character has evolved. My character, myself, I, as a person, has evolved tremendously. I feel the growth. Um, <laughs> just, just, no pun intended. You know, I will put intended. Just the last... Uh, Four months, four five months. Uh, I felt that now that this, with the shake weight and just my persona, and like you said, I tell the story and just I, I bring my heart into that ring. I bring myself into that ring. I tell a story and I entertain. I try to entertain like no other, and I try to give fans um, something different so they're excited to see me, and I want them uh, to come and say, I wanted to see what. Sizzling stand styles with you next because I'm very unpredictable too. Like I said, I'm unorthodox. I'm like, what am I going to do with that shake weight? Like, like you said, the the, uh, the terry pants. Like, what kind of pants am I going to have? <laughs> you know, what am I going to do with that whipped cream? What am I going to say? And it's always, you know, it's always um, a lot of fun. I always try to have so much fun um, with the crowd and just, you know, just love professional wrestling for all it's worth because you never know when, you know, professional wrestling can just, you know. You know, maybe stop. Something will happen. Injuries happen. Yeah. And like, oh. But um, I, and like you said, I can do. Um, you know, I can throw a dropkick. I can go and do a dive. But it just, um, I feel that to me, there's so many people do that now. Yeah. And and I I say, well, you know, I, I can throw a dropkick, but I can't throw the best dropkick. I'll tell you all right now. Um, I can do a dive, but it's not the best dive. So, right. But I'll do something totally different where every eye's on me and if they're reacting to that it's it's to me that's just oh wow like especially I love it I love to no BS I love when people are just cracking up and having so much fun when they come to see me no matter what, where I'm at because I feel that I'm giving you my heart and soul and you you're just going you know you're you're all um, just involved in the match you're loving my professional wrestling you're loving my art and that to me is what it's all about all the fans but mine 
<laughs> no, that no, that's fantastic, and and that is great. You know that you are enjoying it, and you're getting the fans to enjoy it wherever you're at, whether you're a heel, whether you're a face. I mean, sex sells, right? You know, it, 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 it always will sell, and it'll always be in style, <laughs> unless unless God takes away all our of organs, and then I'm, then I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, no pun intended. I guess you could throw a pun on just about everything. See, there's always a way in here, and even there's a pun on that, because yeah. uh, there's just so much you can do with this, and so many places you go. Have you ever gone too far? Has it ever been too much for a promoter or a promotion or an audience? Uh, some, some promoter, well, not, not recently. Um, not recently. Uh, I, I've known over the years what to do and say and not push the envelope too much, even though I like when the envelope pushes back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, I mean, honestly, bottom line is, and a referee actually a couple of weeks ago, uh, who's been in the business for most 18 years, he said, he told me, I don't understand, you know, the promoter does say it's too far. He said, you know, I kind of looked at me and said, well, that's kind of stupid for him to say. And I said, well, why is that? He said, because, you know, Sizzling Stan Styles, all he is is an innuendo. It's all innuendo. It's, uh, you know, I'm not, and I'm not going to um, talk about guys who've done, like, crazy sexual things, because there has. And, you know, Joey Ryan, he'll flip guys with their dicks and stuff. So, right. Um, and I think it's great, you know, but, and, and people love it. But at the end of the day, you look at Stan Styles. And I'm I'm all innuendo, <laughs> you know. I, right. It's I, not necessarily that you're saying or you're doing the specific thing, but you're you're hinting at it. You're giving the fans or the audience the opportunity to think. Well, what does this right. mean? You know. Yeah. And you watch television. There's movies all the time, and there's tons of innuendos, um, all all the time. So I mean, it all depends. It all depends on the company, you know. I had a company, you know, I'll say, oh, you're a PJ, but you can do that. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> or, you know, they'll say, oh, you're PG, but yeah, you can say you're from Penetration Station. I'm like, okay. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, I, I, like you said, at the end of the day, it's all about the fans. The fans are reacting. They're putting their butts to see my heart and soul and all the stand styles. They want to see my character, me, go out there and wrestle then give it to them, you know? We're, we're, we're you know, putting our bodies on the line. They want to be entertained. They're, they're spending two to three hours of their night on Saturday night, Friday night, Sunday afternoon, uh, to just come and see us perform. Yeah. So we got to give them what, we, what they want, you know? And it's definitely different. I don't see anything similar to this on any rosters at this point in time, you know, being in the indie scene, where it be Maryland or Pennsylvania or Delaware or Virginia, up and down the East Coast anyway. Nothing, you know, you mentioned the name Joey Ryan, you know, that's kind of out there, but it's his, his is more of the shock value to what he does. It's not necessarily a character telling a story um, with a lot of innuendo. Um, yeah. Kind of uh, attribute this to an attitude era Val Venus that is kind of up to, you know, a hundred or a thousand percent. You know, Val Venus was very, that character, even though it did go far a lot of the times, it was handcuffed even in the attitude era to what it, you know, especially it's a WWE product. So you got to cater to the kids as well. So if it's an indie wrestling show, like you said, they're there for a couple of hours. There's going to be spots uh, on the card that cater to every single person in the audience in a different way. Yeah. So with you, Sizzling Stan Styles, 
you know, the men want to be you and the women want to be with you. Yes. And the kids are, you know, they don't they don't necessarily know or get the innuendo. Well, maybe the kids are smarter than we give them credit for these yes. days. Oh, yes. There's so so many places to go, and the name is marketable. Sizzling Stan Styles. I mean, you know, you got a merchandise out there. You know, there could be T-shirts involved. There could be workout equipment involved. There could be whipped cream involved. Oh yeah, I will be getting some new T-shirts made. I've been um, uh, a lot. I've been hitting up a lot of people. It's just that some some of them are so busy because I've gotten tons of people requesting. I do have T-shirts, but um, they're only like large size. Only a couple, but. Um, new T-shirts will be out uh, hopefully very soon. Good. Um, yeah, because I, I, I definitely uh, have a couple ideas involved for, for um, a T-shirt design. It's just uh, finding a, a really, really good designer that has had the time because um, the people that I, I, want, I want to design my T-shirt are just so backed up. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I need a design like right now just to get these printed because so many people ask me online, like, I need a t-shirt. I need a new t-shirt. It's, uh, but... Well, that's good. I, I, I got an idea for a t-shirt. You may have already, you know, I may have already had this, but, uh, what about Sizzling Stan Styles on the front, and then on the back, it says, coming soon, dot, dot, yeah. dot. So that could mean a hundred different things. It does. Yeah, that's perfect. There's, there's so many, yeah, I have, like, at least, uh, two or three ideas that I have, mm. I want a kickback if that one ever comes to fruition. We <laughs> have a bunch of t-shirts. Wow. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, we're going to go into a couple of different questions here, and then I'm going to have you uh, tell okay. the Dirty Ugly Wrestling listeners uh, where. See, I'm all flustered over here because of this all, all this yeah. innuendo. My God. Um, yeah. So talk about your favorite uh, inspirations. Are you, You're a fan of professional wrestling, I assume. Huge fan, longtime fan. Um, favorite companies, favorite uh, growing up, you know, talk about that. Uh, favorite indie companies, you mean, or just uh, companies uh, in general? Or? Let's, let's just start, let's go in general, you know, talk about did you watch WWE or were you in the yeah. South? Were you watching more of, uh, you know, the uh, Mid-South or the AWA or things like that? I, I always was a big w, WWF fan. Right. Uh, I did watch WCW a lot. Um, back in the, the Monday Night Wars, I would have my, my friend, he would watch WCW, and I would watch Monday Night Raw, uh, um, and then we would just, like, the next day at school, we would just talk about, hey, what happened on 
times, um, if a commercial was on, I would flip back to Nitro or, or flip back to Raw. But I always felt my myself always going more, uh, way more towards WWF because, you know, that was just, to me, just as a kid, like, you always were implanted. That was, like, the big kind of company. Sure. So in my head, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I have to watch WWF. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I watched WCW. Like, I, I was, you know, I came from a middle-class family. We didn't have cable, so I was big on, like, uh, WWF, trying to think of WWE, or whatever. WWE, WWF. Oh, yeah. Superstars. I watched uh, WCW Worldwide. That was, that was pretty much what I watched all the time as a, as a kid growing up. Um, and then you know, later, you know, we got cable, and I would watch Raw and stuff. But, but for a long time, it was just those things. That was my, my wrestling up. I never was into the, uh, well, I wasn't, uh, later on, yeah, the, you know, Mid-South stuff, well, I discovered that, but for a long time, with Superstars and, and uh, Worldwide, and I went shopping Saturday night, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, I was like that. Sure. Um, action, and yeah, there was action, so I think that was a uh, table, but, um, yeah, also, uh, I was big on, like, getting, like, the Coliseum videos. Oh, yeah. And the old, and getting the old stuff. I was big on collecting them. I a whole bunch, I think. And, uh, I also was a big fan of ECW. When I discovered ECW, I would stay up late. Because they used to come on, like, one of these, like, goofy local channels. And I'd stay up, like, late and, uh, either record it or just, uh, like, oh, my God, I discovered ECW. And I was like, damn, this is crazy. This is hardcore stuff. It was totally different. Um, but, yeah. Uh, independent companies, though, I, I don't, I don't have, a, I don't like to like, you know, name favorites. Uh, I, I love anywhere that I, that you know, gives me the honor to, you know, lace my boots up and put on my, uh, my uh, sizzling trunks and all my carry pants out there and perform. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll go rough anywhere. You know, people want to see me, no matter, no matter where it's at. I don't care. I, I just want to travel the world so everyone can see me wrestle, no matter where it's at. You hear that, Bookers? Um, Book this man. Yes, anywhere. Yes. <laughs> Book this man. We're all about indie wrestling here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. You know, we've had a lot of people work a lot of different indie wrestling shots, and uh, we promote indie wrestling. Support indie wrestling because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's out there. You can you can buy the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. You could You could have cable. You might not have cable. Who knows? Um, but... For an indie wrestling shop for maybe, you know, 10, 12 bucks, whatever, for the most part, on average, you can pretty much go anywhere and be right there in front of the action. And Sizzling Stan Styles will be right there in your face, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Yes, I will. <laughs> uh, favorite wrestler? Favorite professional wrestler of all time? All time, Ravishing Rick Rude. That's... Love him. You know, I was going to say that. Rick Rude, back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s especially, you know, developed his character. I was more of a Val Venus because he got more into the edgy stuff. But uh, Rick Rude, man, he was not only ripped and he could uh, tell a story, but he could work a match, he could carry a match. What's your favorite uh, Ravishing Rick Rude match of all time? Oh, there's so many. Uh, I would have to go... Uh, him and Jake the Snake had awesome matches. That was a great story too. It had Jake's I, wife involved yeah, at the time. I have it have to be him versus Jake, uh, Ravishing versus Jake Snake. Um, his matches, he had some really good matches too uh, near the end of his career in Japan. There was some really really awesome matches. Um, his matches, uh, his match with Ric Flair when he won the uh, WCW International Title, we took it from Flair. Oh yeah, a really good one. Um, uh, his matches with. Uh, he also had a, he had a really good match too um, with Dusty Rhodes. He actually had a really 
but it, they started off with an arm wrestling match, and it, it was so good how they did it. And I remember this. I was, it was just, um, you didn't have the, the Road Awakening, the, uh, the hand is neck breaker time. You were using the, uh, just the body of Ventura's uh, backbreaker out of his Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah. It was like kind of real early on his, his, his uh, WWF um, debut, not his debut, but probably maybe a couple months in, I, 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 I'm assuming, but right. it was an excellent match. And I, it's a shame that he didn't have a feud or, I don't know, they said that Hogan didn't want to wrestle him or I don't know, or maybe they didn't, they didn't think that it would work, but it was just that match. I'm like, man, if they did a program, oh, man. Been, uh, fantastic. That's incredible. I've never, I, mm-hmm. I never even thought that match would have existed, honestly. It, 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 yep. Yeah, that, there is. And, and people go, oh, you know, you're, you're bullshitting the fans. I was like, no, no, I saw Faria. <laughs> it was on YouTube, and, I, and uh, there's, a, there's a promo, too. Um, I've been talking that you're going to put Hogan in the back breaker and make him submit and all this stuff. And I believe Hogan was the champ at the time, too, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. That yeah. would be something to check out. Ravishing Rick Rude versus Hulk Hogan, sort of probably uh, mid to later 80s, I'd say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially if he was in one of his champion runs before, you know, Rude yeah. got hot. Um, and just as we're recording this podcast or as we're doing this interview, not even 24 hours ago or so, you mentioned Ravishing Rick Rude. So I got to throw this out there. Bobby the Brain Heenan passed away. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that's. I was at the gym when that happened. And it hit me really hard because. I love Bobby the Brain, especially with Rude, and just Bobby the Brain on commentary. It was he was just he was one he was one of the best, one of the greatest of all time. No matter no matter what he did, you could tell he gave it his all, and he entertained so well. Like like they they all say you know Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman is is, is absolutely great and amazing, but Keenan to me is just the, the best manager. He was so amazing. His interview. Um, I just saw this year him and him and, and Mr. Perfect did an interview, uh, promo, and it was so good. And I'm like, I even tagged myself. Now this is a promo. Like it was just he felt it from your heart, and it, he spoke. You, you you believed. Yeah. Mr. Perfect, and, and and that's the thing I feel like missing now. A lot of people say that professional wrestling. You know, where's the heart at? It's all rehearsed, and you know. There's a fair amount of truth to that, but on the indie scene, that's a lot less because you know you kind of get a guideline to to what you, you what you need to do and what you need to do and the story you need to tell and the time you have to do it in. But there's a lot less handcuffs on you depending on where you go in the indie scene. So there's a lot more chance for people to show your heart. Yes. You know, and there's a lot more. I, I'd say Bobby Heenan was so versatile, and we're going to cover this in long form on the podcast at some point in time. He was so versatile as far as whether he was managing, like you were saying, he was commentating, or, you know, if he was even wrestling, you know, he went in there. I think uh, Conrad Thompson said it best on one of his podcasts recently. Um, he wrestled like a manager, and he managed like a wrestler. Yeah, because he really did. He could make you believe it, man. Oh, yeah, he really, really did. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go into that with too much detail, but, yeah, that hit me pretty hard, too. But uh, we'll cover that in long form. But to end this podcast on a sizzling note, uh, why don't you tell the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast listeners um, where they can find you on social media because I'm sure you're out there. Oh, yeah, all over Dirty Ugly uh, Wrestling Podcast. You can find Sizzling Stance Styles on Facebook, facebook.com uh, slash Sizzling Stance Styles. 
on Twitter at the Sizzling One and Instagram Sizzling underscore Stan underscore Styles. They're my big social media accounts. Check me out. And if you uh, promoters listening want to book me, you can reach me at SizzlingStan at gmail.com. SizzlingStan at gmail.com to book this man. Uh, that is incredible. And we are going to see Sizzling Stan Styles and many places, especially Saturday, September 30th in Red Lion, Pennsylvania, for SWO, Susquehanna Wrestling Organization, where he will take on the Prince Piranha. He is the king of the castle. We're going to find out what that is. We're going to see if he can win it, see if he can take it. And um, do you have any final words for the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast, Sizzling Stan Styles? When you come out and see Sizzling Stan Styles love, I give... Everyone that comes to see me, my love, my anger, and all of my shake weight. Mm. <laughs> oh my goodness, this has been the dirtiest, uh, dirty, ugly wrestling podcast of all time. Sizzling Stan Styles, thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs>